Supergirl is fucking terrible. Like I can never get into it. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. L- well, a l- little too much for a spine like a jackass with her arms around her waist. You know. Right. Little, yeah. Little too much of that. I know. And she, yeah. And, and from what I've seen, she gets her ass kicked like every episode. Oh really? Like, she has like no nothing. She just gets the shit kicked out of her by everybody she meets. But you know, she got like, like somebody's working out some mommy issues. I guess. She's terrible, though. I'd rather watch that Helen Slater one like 10,000 times over than watch that <laughs> fucking movie, that fucking show. Mostly because <laughs> Helen Slater's hot hot as fuck still in them, that, that outfit, man. Oh, man, right? Mm. There's a reason to stay in that movie. It's for the boner because uh, it's, uh, it's apparent. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just being honest, Suzanne, okay? Oh, I know. <laughs> Be my guess. Like somebody mentioned that it was Rosario Dawson's birthday. I was like, I I got a hug from Rosario once, and it was the hardest thing my penis ever had to do was to say that. Say down, down boy. That one. Uh, old lady <laughs> ass. Old lady ass. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Cinnamon Beef Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and with me tonight is Suzanne. Greetings! How are you? Fuck the denticist. The, the denticist? Okay. The denticist. The denticist. <laughs> Fuck those people. Documentary. Denticist. <laughs> Bite my ass. <laughs> Uh, Iris is not here tonight because she forgot which day we were recording, so it happens all the time, but I have folks scheduled tonight, and they understand that, and, uh, Jamie is not here because today's their anniversary. They're probably having some weird tentacle sex or something. I don't know what what, what Lovecraft people do, but, uh... Oh, they're definitely banging right now. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely got some tentacle sex. And if you haven't heard them, you know, the guy from Cut to the Chase and the Married with Children podcast is here. There's the Dan Chase. How are you, man? What's a dude? Hey, man, thank you for having me on, man. It's been fucking way too long, bro. Yeah, we'll be uh, be some opportunities coming up for you to come watch some crazy shit with me. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that later, it's for sure. Hell yeah! And uh, Suzanne, real quick, uh, if you're interested, I do a Married with Children podcast, and we just did one where the dentist is the guy from Happy Gilmore. You will not make this shot, jackass. <laughs> oh, Joe, Joe, I remember that episode. Yes. Yes, Joe Flaherty from SCTV. Yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. Blew my mind. Things I'm excited for. That SCTV (laughs) reunion on Netflix. I'm excited for that, you know. Oh, that's going to be spectacular. Yeah, it needs to happen, for real. But, hey, now more than ever, right, with the the Roseanne resurgence? Why are you going to bring that up for Daniel? Come on now, man. (laughs) Well, I, I have to admit, I'm watching it. 
but they're pushing things a little too hard for me. I, I, have, yeah. to, I have to admit I'm not, because it's fucking so heavy-handed. It, it's fucking stupid. Or whatever, man. I can't get into it. It's like, hey, remember, well, I, hey, remember this? Hey, remember well, this character? But they're taking every single thing, and they're taking it to the extreme. You think I so? mean, Darlene's cross-dressing son... Right. Was that really necessary? No, the problem I got with that is where they do that on a television show, like like oh here's this this openly gay character, here's this, here's that, is that they're not doing it for for the gays. They're doing it to say, hey, we're ABC. We have six shows with openly gay characters on them. <laughs> this this well, this, this is why problem. this is why they're doing it. They're not doing it for gay people, you know. No, they're doing it for their own you know, smug pat on the back self-satisfaction. And that's patronizing gay people then. But by, by doing bullshit that... bullshit is what it is. Because they're, they're not watching that shit to say, hey, there's there's a, there's a possible trans child on this show. Let's watch. You know? <laughs> Let's tune in. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little uh, heavy-handed. Um, what was that? Wasn't that like in the first episode or two? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, and I agree. Like, there's there's definitely things that were were over the top, but it seems like it's kind of finding its uh, its footing, so to speak. And and I don't know. I think they've kind of toned it down. I know what you guys are saying, though. It's it's a little much, but it's more to bring up those things just to see her and their reaction. It, it's it. kind of like Fuller House. I was like, yeah, I'm watching oh, yeah. it. It's like, yeah, I, 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 I get it. it. I get it. DJ is now Danny with a vagina. I get it now. You know. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. She's got, the, yep. she's got the popular kid. She's got the 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 effeminate, you know. <laughs> again, effeminate son, the younger son, and uh, <laughs> the middle one, who's the Darren. I'm the middle child. Shit, you know. And uh, right, it's so formulaic now. It's not even funny. But then again, people suck up nostalgia like a fucking vacuum. So, more, well, more, and more, and, that, and that's the thing Netflix. too. Like, it's it's so easy to 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 go back to it. But I'll be perfectly honest with you. I've been pretty happy overall with uh with a lot of the recent resurgences the recent reboots or whatever you know i mean gary we're doing a show in a couple of days about one that just fucking brought it back hardcore yeah, they you did know? that well right that's what i'm saying though yeah yeah but what i mean is like so say even if you don't like roseanne right and you don't like all the new episodes or whatever well Oh well, guess what? Now they're probably gonna fucking bring back Tool Time. Now they're probably gonna bring back fucking a million other sitcoms. Well, so I'm bringing that up in my actual beef segment for sure, man. We're we're starting okay. we're well, starting these beefs lie. early. <laughs> Roseanne, though, I grew up with Roseanne. Right. Oh, me too. Right. And that it, it's nice having Roseanne back, but like I said, they're just they're just pushing things that just are okay. I just don't find necessary. Yep. Yep. I agree. Man, oh man. I'll start this show the same way I start every show. And I'll ask Dan Chase, what you been yeah. watching, sir? Oh man. Uh, like I just said, we're, uh, I mean, I, I'm so on Cobra Kai right now, man. I, I'm going to watch it again, actually, all the way through. That's what I've been, that's what I've been on lately. Um, also, yeah, uh, between that and uh, I'm re-watching um, 
uh, what is it? I'm on season two now of a show that I absolutely love. And if anybody knows me well enough, they're probably sick of me talking it by now. But yeah, I'm watching uh, Mr. Robot. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Not too many people watch it, but everybody that does watch it uh, raves about it. Um, yeah, Rami Malek, uh, Christian Slater. Christian Slater at his best, dude. Like, you know, oh man. I don't know. I was old school Christian Slater fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> It's, he's, it's ridiculous. He's not doing the Nicholson voice anymore, nothing like that, you know? Oh, dude, like, I can't even... See, the thing is, I can't even, like, talk about it because it kind of tips its hat to what the show's about and, yeah. and everything. But all I gotta say is watch that show. Like, I guarantee that you'll like it. Watch the first episode. You'll see kind of what it's about. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I try and recommend that to everybody because I'm just fucking obsessed with that show. And, uh, yeah, man, been doing that. And, uh, <laughs> well, if I'm being real honest, I just uh, restarted season one of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> you like what you like, man, you know? I Hey, man, but I'll tell you this, dude, and how it relates to this review coming up. Um, most of James Vanderbeek's roles, fucking, he plays a douchebag, even Dawson. Like, as a kid growing up, I've never realized it, but rewatching it, like, Dawson is the biggest fucking douchebag ever. I watch. I watch. I've uh, never watched a single episode, and now I feel the need to go watch Dawson's he, Creek. It's like he's so like he's just a, you know those Zach Morris's trash episodes. I, I feel like those. they, yeah, dude. I feel like they like it's so obvious with Dawson though. Like on rewatch, you know, it's just crazy how much I hate him. And yeah, I'm like, well, what did I like about this show? And it's it's definitely fucking Pacey and Joey, you know, but like Dawson, oh my God, what a fucking tool. But I'm sorry, I'm going to stop talking about Dawson's yeah. Creek before I embarrass if, myself. If you're not <laughs> watching uh, Cassine James's uh, Zach Morris's Trash YouTube series, Zach it, it, it's just a lot of obvious stuff that you spotted when you're watching the right. show. But the mm -hmm. fact that he critiques it and lays it all out about how Zach Morris offended the Native Americans and how Zach Morris is a really <laughs> shitty friend, it's just really hilarious to watch it all, all critiqued out for you, you know. <laughs> Great. I love it. Yep. I'm, waiting, I'm still waiting for the time that Zach Morris uh, 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 led um, <laughs> Jesse Spanner to a life of taking speed and bad pop songs, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so scared. Exactly. Oh man. Yeah, dude. No, I've been. Um, I've actually been watching more now than I have in the past, like four or five months. Um, I just go through phases, stages. You know, like I just, you know, I don't have time and whatever. You know, life kicks you in the ass sometimes or whatever. But uh, now that I'm back kind of uh you know watching several shows at once i'm i'm pretty excited about it so yeah man yeah, everybody knows that they wrote the cardinal rule that the, the sexiest pointer sister song is fire but they they couldn't handle for that show so you know <laughs> good stuff you know <laughs> oh my gosh suzanne what you been watching girl Oh, God, I finally got around to watching what we do in the shadows since I oh, heard it was going to be. Did you like it? I loved it. Yes. Oh, yeah. I am so excited for the TV series now. That movie was so amazing. I was laughing my ass off the whole time. <laughs> I love the old vampire that looked just like Barlow. That's good stuff, yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing I saw. I'm like, oh, my God. But. Real, real, I watched Salem's Lot a few times. 
real simple comedy, you know, I'm arguing who's going to yeah. do the dishes. And I... <laughs> yeah, and who's going to clean, and, well, I dragged the body, so that should count as mopping. <laughs> Suzanne, that makes a lot of sense, though, when you just told me that your uh, type of comedy is like Spinal Tap. That That is perfect. That that makes sense now. Oh, yeah. Remember, yeah. remember folks, werewolves, not swearwolves, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my dude, that god, that movie's so good. Hilarious. <laughs> yep. There was just there, that movie was just fantastic. And the ending when they're like, well, it, the, the whole place smells like dog now, but we open the windows. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> just there's so many lines from that movie that just are stuck in my memory now. Yes. Yeah, it's classic. I love it. And I, of course, rewatch Nighthawks again. Yeah, why not? And, yeah, it's my. I it's. I have two movies that are my number one favorite action movies. Nighthawks is one of them. To Live and Die in L.A. is the other one. Do you do what I do and watch Nighthawks and immediately go find the MP3 of X's mix of Nighthawks, not my home? You know, with the Jim Croce. I, I can't. I I downloaded it. and I can't find it. Oh, it's it's, it's available at Legion.com by itself. You can get it. All right. And, oh, God, let's see what else. I watched a lot of sports puck and a lot of sports ball. Um, I watched the movie Jamie recommended last week, The House on Pine Street, which I thought was, as she said, it was really good. It was, they actually built up tension, which no one does anymore. I was really impressed. I've always been a fan of the haunted house story anyway. And this one completely lived up and to my expectations. It was very unnerving at points and that never happens for me anymore well it does but it's they're so few and far between now um oh god oh i fell into night flight i saw ifc was releasing portions of some of the original night flight episodes so of course like go to your roku channel like Ooh, there's a Roku channel. Yeah, you mentioned you watched the the Duran Duran video package last week. Oh yeah, I did twice. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Smells like a sound. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> you mess with hungry like the wolf. <laughs> I, I am lost and I'm found usually, and I'm often <laughs> hungry like the wolf as well. You know. <laughs> but I, there, I actually subscribed to the Roku channel, and totally worth it yeah they have all of the original episodes they've got all their original comedy cuts they've everything that was ever aired on the program plus come on go back and look at some of those crazy ass videos Mm. it's amazing it is so amazing plus they have a nice selection of arrow movies a killer set of music documentaries Mm. So it's they're definitely it's it's worth it. I'll probably I'll cancel it in a couple of months after I've watched everything three or four <laughs> times. Yeah, but, the- but I'm I'm so enjoying it because, you know, I was I was really young when it was on. I was like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. I had VHS tapes filled with night flights mm. and this shape. A lot of the music that I like, and a lot of the weird ass movies that I like. Mm-hmm. Can I say something else to know you? I've never met Rio, so I couldn't tell you if she's dancing on the sand or not. Still, 
So she had that cherry ice cream smile. Uh, yeah, I did. I suppose I, that's very nice. I did. I did see her on the TV, and she may have been. I mean, she may have been on the beach as well, you know. But did. <laughs> do you? I know this is kind of an obvious statement too, but do you? Would you guys uh, agree with the with the statement that uh, this is the greatest time to be alive? Like you just said, like yeah, I can get it, and I'm just gonna cancel it. Like there's so many different avenues to watch so many things these days; it's ridiculous. And then you can just cancel it. Like it's it's so oh, like yeah. you know, it's crazy. I don't know. It's like it's gonna be the best four ninety nine a month I spend <laughs> for the next. Two three months. Nice. It, you know, and saying, it's so worth it too. It's like if you really break everything down and look at the prices and think about what you would spend on a video at Blockbuster. Like what were they like three ninety nine? Like uh, I forget what it was. But um, two nights or one night. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know. I was just thinking back to that because um, I mean, there's nothing like that going. Like I'm sure you know everybody's talked about this a million times, but there's nothing like going, you know, into Blockbuster and doing that. But just the convenience these days. I mean, I don't know. I I kind there's just a part of me that really fucking loves it. There's so many different avenues to watch so many different things, and I don't know. I find myself spending more time picking and choosing than I actually do watching anything, you know? I mean, a lot of these, yeah. lot of these older filmmakers are realizing that, too. Like, uh, yeah. Al- Albert Pune, who you, you love him or hate him, I love me some Albert Pune because I've spoken to the man, <laughs> you know, I, I, I love his kind of cheese. But he, he makes films now. We, when he, can, he can't get distribution, he just puts them online. And, yeah. the, and the fucking man's got, the man's got dementia, and he's still making films that, mm. you know, with the, with the help of his team and stuff, you know, so... God, God bless Albert Pune. I love that guy so much. Yeah, hell yeah. Crazy Filipino bastard who gave me Doll Man, so there you go. <laughs> oh yeah. And that sequel to Streets of Fire that not, not many folks have seen, but if you can you can get it online from his from his website, you could stream that shit and uh enjoy you some road to hell. It's good stuff. <laughs> it's good stuff, y'all. If you wanna you wanna see the further adventures of Tom Cody in Purgatory, it's really good. <laughs> good shit <laughs> anything else Sue? I think that's about it alright uh, I caught up with the Goldbergs yeah, I've, been, I've been behind on them and they pulled a, a sneak attack move by saying hey we're going to have Rick Moranis on the show as, as Dark Helmet and then it, was, yep. then it was just a voiceover and that was kind of disappointing no. well they did like this whole end scene where you know Adam Goldberg was being attacked by Dark, Dark, Dark Helmet in his dream and he did the whole you know I'm your father. No, it can't be true. Kind of stuff like that, and you know, whatever. But then <laughs> he did like the he does the voice and everything, and I think he's been doing a lot of voiceover work. And um, yep. but he's uh, coming back for this SCTV reunion <laughs> that I mentioned earlier. Something to be excited about that Rick Moranis is coming back in the physical sense for that. So now, Gary, how, what season is the Goldbergs in? Goldbergs in five? season five. Yeah, is it okay? Yeah, because. Uh, because my girlfriend just got me watching that, and I absolutely fucking love it. It's hilarious. Like, I've always heard people talk about it, but for some reason it's just always in the background. And I started watching it and catching it. That shit is brilliant, dude. It's, that's some good stuff, man. It's a show that does nostalgia well, you know? Where it's, right. It's like, yeah, this, yeah, this, this, yeah. this episode's about this, and that episode's, you know, and I'm an homage to this. And, you know. Right, right. They don't, yeah, they don't try to say, hey, we're trying to be subtle about it. No, they're just throwing it right in your face that... We're, we're going to have this Goonies episode where we go look for a treasure of some kind, and, you know, and it's, it's yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. 
Yeah, that, that's another one that I didn't mention, but I just started that as well, and I absolutely love it. Cool. I watched Isle of Dogs again because it's not in my theater anymore, but there's a real nice bootleg out there. I'm not ashamed, but, uh, you know. Cause, Wait, uh, is it? No, that's not the... The new Wes Anderson movie. Dude, oh my god. What, yo, I think the last show that I was on with you, wasn't it Moonrise Kingdom? Or no, did we do that? We did that long ago. That's like episode five <laughs> of the show. <laughs> I think you've been, I think you've been on since then though for sure. I know. I just forgot. I'm sorry. That's but all right. Wow. That, so, dude, how was it? So you saw it again. Obviously, you liked it. It was really good. Yeah, I watched it again. And uh, oh, oh, dude, it's a, uh, it's the, it's my favorite kind of animation. And yeah, they got lots of great voices in there. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> go 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 check that stuff out for sure. Oh, dude, Wes Anderson's so good, man. Like he's one of those two where it kind of like crept up on me and like. I would notice his style, and it was definitely weird and quirky. Like, he had, you know, films back in the day, but um, once Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom hit, like, it just it struck me in such a way where I was like, wow, this guy is a force to be reckoned with. And it's it's so, like, crazy, too, how many people are in his shit. Like, he's like a Tarantino in terms of, like, how many people, how many actors are gravitating towards him mm-hmm. and, and how stacked his casts are. So, yeah. I'm looking at my 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 sexy Moonrise Kingdom print right now that I haven't hung on the wall yet, but uh, it's 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 coming, you know. It's gonna it's gonna be going on the wall real soon. One of my favorite little quirky things that he did was in a Life Aquatic, and that dude with the guitar singing David Bowie songs in Portuguese. Yes, yes. That is the I, I remember very little about the about the entire movie, but I can remember each and every scene. With that dude in the guitar singing David Bowie songs, and you, you gotta love when they get captured by the pirates, and just <laughs> he just loses his shit. Get off my fucking boat! And you know he's yep. just shooting people and all the seek and destroy by eating the stooges, and you know it's, it's... <laughs> then he's still all the Jeff Goldblum shit. Oh, that's not like the the best the best best Jeff Goldblum moment it happens in the the Grand Budapest Hotel. Where the dog face Willem Dafoe comes into his office, just throws that cat out the window, and it's it's, it's just so fluid. Like, yep, fuck your cat, motherfucker. Ugh, you know. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, if you haven't utilized uh, the Shout TV app or their website for that, I think you can watch on the website. Uh, there's lots of good free shit to watch on there. I think there's ads now on at least on the Roku. There's no ads, so yep. on there I watched Kentucky Fried Movie. Which nice. is still fucking hilarious. Mm. I think Ricky Morgan mentioned that he used to have a band named Big Jim Slade after the the character in that <laughs> movie. <laughs> Which, if you haven't seen the film, I don't want to give away too much. But there's a part of the film where like the the, the black guy's trying to score with this chick, and he's like, "Oh, do you suffer from erectile dysfunction?" <laughs> And then all of a sudden, Big Jim Slade, which is just what you think, he's this big black guy with a banana hammock and an afro, busts in and steals his woman, you know, and... <laughs> Dude, that movie is so good. Oh, I forgot all about that movie. You're right, it's classic. I, I like the groove tube as well. Yeah, it's good. It's funny, man. I love movies. I love movies like that and Hollywood Shuffle, you know, stuff like yeah. that. It's really great, you know. Yeah, I like I like the the parody and the satire. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Never Too Young to Die on there. They got the great Blu-ray rip of it on on their their app there. So I didn't pay for that shit and. uh no, it's it's a good movie, but it's not something unless you're a really big okay, fan. That fucking shit. It, it's it's a it's a movie that you either love or you hate. I'm I'm right on the fence. 
to where he's saying... Gene Simmons as a hermaphrodite. The Velvet, just... Velvet Von Ragnar. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I, it, have it you, have just... you seen this, Dan? I, dude, I honest, I swear, I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, never to you that the plot to it is, John Stamos plays the son of a secret agent. I'm in. Played by, <laughs> played by George Lazenby, who was James Bond. Oh, Oh yeah, it's it's got a spectacular cast. Wow! And his father dies, so he goes. He, he finds out like, he inherited all this spy stuff, and it's, it's apparently vanity as well from the Last Dragon and, and everything else. Yep. And Nikki Six is at one point fiance. Yes. Oh. And the the villain in the film is a um um a Poindexter Robert Englund who who wears a bolo tie, who's trying to poison the water supply of the whole city. What? And a transvestite, Gene Simmons, um, known as Velvet Von Ragnar. <laughs> so, Wait, are you, are you being serious? It's really this, Robert Englund and Gene this Simmons? This is a really a real yes. movie, yes. No, this I would not it. bullshit you on this. What? I got, I, what, what have I been doing with my life? I gotta see this. That's crazy. How do I know that? Dude, all right. Please continue. Okay. <laughs> now, now that Dan, Dan Chase's mind is blown. <laughs> I, it is. No, that, yeah, you just heard my mind not being able to comprehend what you just said. Um, <laughs> yeah, normal hero stuff. I'm catching up. My, not, I mean, I'm all caught up in my shows. Although I need to watch Riverdale from last week because, you know, priorities. And I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Riverdale. You know, Supernatural, Arrow, all those shows. Uh, they're leading up to the season finales, which I think happened this week. So, should be, should be really exciting stuff. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. Let's back up. Supernatural is is one of the dopest shows. I totally agree. I fell off like uh, twenty three seasons ago, I believe. And now, what are we? The forty second, forty first. I think the fifty third season of Supernatural is happening next. They, season. They, <laughs> they've managed to fucking just. Uh, naughty, like, they'll recycle. I, I'm sure that they recycle the same plots in one way no, or another. Not really. That's, they don't? There's still a lot of angels versus demons stuff, but, you know, that, that's that's just part of the show. Right. Well, the, I, dude, I love that show. I'm not I'm not going to rag on Supernatural at all. But I, I am fucking a little taken back on how long that fucker has been on the air. It's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, this is the, the, the 14th season they're in right now, I Jesus. think. Or 13th season, one of the two. Wow, that's insane. Still, still, Love that still relevant, though. Still pretty good. Yep. Yep. Um, besides, and, and you said Riverdale. Riverdale's good. Riverdale is spectacular. Spectacular? Spectacular. Really? If you're, dude, if you, dude. It's, it's on Netflix. If you, you want to watch it, you can watch the first two episodes. And you, tell me, te- and two, you tell me what you think, and then me and Dan Chase will go to Riverdale. We'll do a whole show about it, okay? I don't care. How about this? How about this? How about this? I'll watch I'll watch season one of Riverdale. You watch season one of Mr. Robot. I will do that. That's, that's not really a fair trade, you know, but okay, you know. It's only 10. No, you only get to sit through 10 episodes. I gotta, well, what's the season of Riverdale? Probably. Well, the is. first season's 13 episodes, I think. Oh, that's pretty fair. And, then, and pretty... then you'll be sucked in like, like crazy, like a crazy person, you know. Dude, I, I shaved five five inches off my beard for to meet Betty at a con. You know, <laughs> this is a, this is important stuff, Daniel. Why oh would you God. shave five? Why to make your dick look bigger? What do you? Why would you do well, that? Well, yeah, that too. You know, but I, I had to hold I, I, I had to hold that back like our earlier conversation about Rosario Dawson. But you know, I had to hold back. Uh, I had to get that big notebook out and hold it back. And uh, Oh, lucky Rosario. Either some folks get that big notebook joke or they don't. I'm sorry, but you know. Oh, everybody knows the notebook joke. (laughs) 
Oh my god. But yeah, that's about it for me. Um, other stuff too that I, I forget, but you know. Oh, I forgot about this because I've been watching it forever. But somebody gave me their code for their Saving Private Ryan 4K restoration, and it looks great. And I always forget how many folks show up in that movie as far as stars, oh, stars that you know, you know. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. I was watching, I was like, holy shit, Ted Danson, look at him. You know, it's like, it's, it's... Oh, that's right, Ted Danson. Oh my god, yeah, dude. Yeah. They're, they're, they're everywhere. You got Vin Diesel in there, even. Yeah. Remember when Vin Diesel used to do, like, actual real, like, movies? Like, he was in a couple good ones, there's, and then... There's the J- yeah, I remember when Vin Diesel used to be cool. There's there's, there's, <laughs> right? there's the Jamie Sammons right there, because I watched Knockaround Guys, like, right after that, and that's a good movie that Vin Diesel stars in, where he's not driving a car or killing aliens, and uh, <laughs> that... And Who is this Jamie S- Sammons you speak that, of? That, James, that, 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 that Jamie yeah. Sammons character that you, you do a podcast with, uh, talking about Al Bundy and shit. You know, <laughs> never heard of her. Never heard Which of her. Was here tonight. <clears throat> and then I, 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 I followed it up with another film that I think is way underrated, uh, Suicide Kings, which is a really good movie starring a lot of young, young actors of the time. Have you seen this, Dan, Suicide Kings? No, no, no. I, I, so the, I'm trying to, I'm racking my brain trying to think who, like, who's in it? Uh, Johnny Galecki, who was, of course, from Roseanne and Big Bang Theory, um, Jeremy Sisto from Clueless and May and a couple other things. Yeah. Um, Jay Moore. I was like that guy. He's in that movie. Jay Moore is fucking classic. Um, yeah, dude. I know I know what movie you're talking about. I've, I've never seen it, though. No, is it good? Obviously. Uh, yeah. Henry Thomas and, of course, they're, they kidnap uh, Christopher Walken's character in the movie for holding for ransom. He's a gangster in that movie. Of course. Because Christopher Walken, you know. Of course. I held this uh, uncomfortable level metal up my ass for, for, for <laughs> several years, you know. Gary Hill, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Everybody's got a bad walking impression. Now you've heard mine. But the Christopher Walken School of Acting. I, I, I could do the really bad uh, Michael Caine uh, impression one of these days. I have to wait for a Michael Caine film to pop up one time and... uh the Scottish accent is just adding you just adding a lot of H's to things to to the C's and the S's and then you're all good. <laughs> you can do a Scottish accent no problem. You know, you do that Sean Sean Connery uh, thing. You know, I can't I can't sing like Connery, but not not many folks can. You know, no, that's like no. that's like asking me to sing like John like John Reese Davies, and that that doesn't happen either because he is the captain of the sea in the the, uh, <laughs> the king of the Queen's Navy. You know. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that's it for that and now we'll get into our special segment called the beef bitches and the mashed potatoes okay who gets the burly uh, beef I ordered barbecue beef I think that's mine but I didn't who order fries who gets the barbecue beef mine's the juke deluxe okay who gets the burly beef That'd be Dan laugh. I'm gonna ask Dan first. <laughs> what, what, what's pissy off, sir? No, it's, it's the opposite of pissed off. It's just how you said it. It was just like just just that is a normal segment. Is just hilarious. Well, we named we named it after Jamie because of all of her all of her restaurant issues. So that's why we call it beef bitches and mashed potatoes. <laughs> 
We almost had to change to the 10 second rule. <laughs> get, a little, get a little extra cheese and the mashed potatoes. Oh, see, I'm so glad you got that reference, Gary. What's Louis Goose about to say? Add a little guacamole to it. Do you can't mix American and domestic or some shit like that? <laughs> you can't mix it with continental? What's wrong with you? You're better than Louis that. <laughs> is a fucking national treasure. You know what's funny about uh, that movie, though? Like, that movie's brilliant for sure. And the sequel's whatever. But the sequel's got one of the funniest fucking scenes ever. When Justin Long comes back to the bar... Do you remember this? I, don't, I haven't seen this sequel in a while. I know that. Oh, my God. So the whole thing of waiting, right, is uh, Justin Long and how he doesn't take that manager's position because he wants more or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, his character comes back to the bar for a few minutes in the sequel, and they're like, oh, yeah, man, whatever happened to you? And he tells this story of how he fell off a roof and just got addicted to Oxycontin. <laughs> Like, they totally threw his character fucking literally and figuratively speaking right off the roof, dude. Like, they just <laughs> they just crushed everything for poor Justin Long. And he's not even in it for that long. He just comes back to, 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 to tell that story and then he's gone. Probably the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. There's so much hope for his character. And he fell off a roof and got addicted to fucking OCs. Back to the task at hand, sir. What's pissing you off this week, sir? Me? Dude, yes, you. I, I absolutely fucking nothing, man. I'm I'm having a great fucking week. I'm having a, a great month. Every everything's good with me, man. I I got no beefs. I'm on fucking cinema beef with fucking Gary Hill and Suzanne. I'm having a great time. I I got no beefs. I got no beefs. Oh man, so apparently it has been your day, your week, your month, and possibly your year. Apparently, you know. And uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. You get it. <laughs> Suzanne, what's pissing you off, girl? Uh, well, I've, I've done shitty people who do shitty things because they're shitty humans. Um, I had my car, bitch. Uh, I I hate the dentist because they're a bunch of sadistic, masochistic, sadist bastards. Here he is, <laughs> folks, the leader of the plaque. <laughs> But I really, I really can't say the dentist office. Everybody was really nice, and Wait, watch him suck up that gas. Oh my god! <laughs> so I really, I really don't want to bitch about that. I just had to interject my hatred of the the art of dentistry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going on an actual vacation for the first time in several years, Yay. so I'm really excited about that. Yay! Hell yeah! Um. Uh, yeah, just done with shitty people who do shitty things because they're shitty humans. Uh, my car is perfect again. Dennis suck. I'm going on vacation. So yeah, that's pretty much, uh, rounding out the month for me. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Uh, me, you know, it's, it's more, it's always entertainment shit with me, you know, and it's not really <laughs> the stuff that goes on. It was just that classic Gary Hill. Yeah. <laughs> that is classic Gary Hill doing something else and didn't expect the conversation coming back to him. No, no, so no, no. Just... This is just entertainment. Yeah. It's, just, it's just entertainment <laughs> shit, you know, that, that usually pisses me off. I mean, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on, you know, with that and with with pilots. You know, I hate I hate test audiences. The fact that oh yeah, we're gonna get into run this by stuff. test audiences. 
Mm-hmm. And okay. they're usually the dumbest fucking humans on Earth. Yeah, right. Like this whole Halloween thing, you know, they they oh we we are gonna change the ending because it didn't test well. It's like what if mm-hmm. what if I wanted to see that ending? Maybe you know you you tested the wrong people, or you should have different groups that, that are actual horror fans, not not um you know what white bread mama Mon, pa, fucking yeah white white bread mama from from the white suburbs to come see this movie's like oh that's that's appalling you know whatever the hell they say you know and I, I think they picked the wrong people like. Like another example is that they they it's it's pilot season as they tell you which ones got rejected, a couple of them glad they got rejected like that greatest American hero reboot that nobody wanted that that got rejected. I'm glad about that too. And then mm-hmm. um one that, believe it or not oh yes indeed, <laughs> but one that I what kind of cheese that got rejected is a, it relates to Supernatural which is the Wayward Sisters. Which was, uh, oh. they took the ladies from the show, uh, Joe, the sheriff, and her daughters, and they were going to have them hunting stuff, like, in their own show, and it got rejected for, for the pilot, I guess it didn't test well, you know, classic, didn't test well, <laughs> and, um, just, um, yeah, I, w- I would like to see it to, to make my own decision, I think that should be a thing, especially a show as big as Supernatural, you right. know, to to let the fans decide if, if they like it or not, instead of these people that they just put in a room and say, "Hey, you may not know the context of these characters and how they how they fit into the to the original show they were on, but here, right. sit down and watch this forty five minute pilot. You may mm-hmm. you may think it sucks, and that's what, mm-hmm. that's what they probably would think it sucks, and it very well it very well may suck. I don't know. I'm never going to be able to watch it because it got rejected by these people, and just. Stuff like that really, really gets my goat, and of course they canceled a whole bunch of stuff this week, a bunch, bunch of genre stuff, and yeah, I I hate these people that that you know because Lucifer got canceled and The Exorcist got canceled. These right. people like they go like flock to Twitter after a show's been canceled, right. but they they weren't there when the show was on, right? To say okay, we're out here, we support this show, we're gonna watch it each and every week. And this mm-hmm. is on. This is regular television. It's not like okay, we can't afford a star subscription, so we're not going to watch your show. And yep, these well, these people are like flocking Twitter, saying, "Save the show, save the show, save the show." I was like, "No, you guys weren't supporting it when it was on, so why should they save it for you?" You know, right? And I mean, we I think we've talked about this before, Gary. But remember, like Hannibal too. I mean, nobody watched that, unfortunately. Um, and it's it's one of the fucking greatest shows ever. Uh, oh, my God, there are certain episodes of that. I love mushrooms. I couldn't eat mushrooms oh, for two yeah. years because of that show. Yep. The, the, yep. the problem with Hannibal was that a lot of folks saw Silence of the Lambs, but they didn't see Manhunter or, right. or Red Dragon. Right. So they were... It was basically the same movie if you watch right. both. Yeah, Manhunter was a thousand times better. Yeah, but mm. they, were, they were going for the same thing, though. Um, right. And uh, Mads Mickelson, oh my God, uh, he was so amazing as Hannibal. So, yep. So when you had Will Graham, you had Hannibal, who wasn't quite, you know, the killer he was yet. The very well, maybe he was. I forget how the show goes. It's been a while since I watched yep. it. But um, you're looking for Clarice Starling, you don't get it. You're gonna mm-hmm. tune out, you know. Right. And that, that's that's just the, that's the unfortunate thing that happened to Hannibal is they just tuned right. out. Yep. They weren't gonna get, well, they were gonna give it a chance. And, and here, here's the thing about that, though. I do think that if a show is good enough, um, it can be picked up. You know, you said about uh, shows getting axed. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, I believe it's called, right? Yeah. That got yeah. 
got immediately picked up, though, right? I, I believe. I think something. Andy Samberg had some pull with NBC still. Of course. So that's that's right. that's what happened there. Well, I know it was Hulu was going to pick it up, and then they changed their mind. Oh wow! And then NBC picked it up. Oh yeah, good. Good. It happened in like yeah. a day though, like a day after. Yeah. Day after. It was it was very very fast. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. It's tough. Like um. I I enjoyed the the Exorcist uh, the first season there. Um, I thought it was really good, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is, man. I mean, I don't know. Like, what was the other one? Um, oh, dude, uh, Sean William Scott's on Lethal Weapon now. Supposedly. Yeah, he got he got the axe that Clayton Crawford, who's a well, a friend of a guy listening to three times a week. Ross Patterson, he's a, he's a good friend with him. He calls him his uh, oh, yeah. his beef nice. his beef fry. Yeah, I'm gonna use that word from now on. Be annoyed the fuck out of Suzanne. I'd, I'd like to know what happened there. I'm just curious. I don't even watch the show. I don't care. But Some, something, you know what, though? Something happened him, where he directed an episode yep. and something wrong with what was wrong with one of the stunts and some shrapnel almost almost killed somebody on the set and he, huh. he was in charge of this or something. And oh, then well. there was some other stuff where they said that he was like, not like a terror on the set, but like he was insubordinate, like, he was like a fucking child or something. Right. But then you hear from his, like other co-stars of his, and they say like they're not sure why he got fired. I think maybe he pissed off somebody huh. at the network or something. I don't know, but yeah. Well, hey, I feel bad. For, I, I feel bad for him. I watched the show, and I think that Sean William Scott would be a nice fit in there as far as right. that role goes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I I, I automatically think cop out, but um, yeah, he's he's great, man. Yeah. I don't know the 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 the, the whole thing with shows though, and. And then them being brought back and shit like that. I mean, who knows, man? There's so many things. Uh, this all the stars have to align. I think, you know, you got to have everybody first of all on board. You know, because like they, they left Hannibal open at the end. You know, obviously, like I, they. I they, hear there may be a movie still coming though. Right. Right. And and think about it. They had to wait for Brian Fuller and all them had to wait for the rights because they want to tell that Clarice story mm. and, and do all that kind of stuff. But there's a big fucking rights issue. So they got to dance around it. But I guess I don't know. I heard a couple of years the, the rights are up for grabs. I don't know if they they can get it or whatever. Um, so there's there's still a chance. But I feel like a show like that could be brought back or whatever. And hopefully it does, man. I mean, quality is quality. I think that. The numbers at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know. That's just one aspect of it. If you have a good show, uh, like we were saying earlier about there's so many different fucking ways to watch shit these days. Um, there's different ways that they can find, uh, you know, revenue from from those type of shows. And because and, and because people do love it. People have been screaming at the top of their lungs, bring that show back. And if anybody actually fucking watches the show, you'll know exactly what the that's, fuck we're talking that's about. That's the issue because they don't have they don't have an excuse at that point. When right. it's on network I, TV, they have no excuse yep. not to watch it. I can't believe but, they got away with that on CBS, but, dude. But they look for every excuse to bitch when something gets canceled. Right. That's on right. that's on network TV. That's not on a subscription service where everything is going to that thing, and that that really you know right. pisses me off too. It's leading it's leading folks to piracy because you can't afford. You can't afford everything. I mean, Disney's having their own streaming service come out, I think, by the end of the year. DC's having their own come out by the end of the year, where they're going to have exclusive shows on there. Stuff I want to watch. But at the same right. time, I can't afford $12 for Netflix and this this one for that one. Where, you know, me, me and Suzanne, we're friends. I mean, she shares subscriptions with me, and I share subscriptions with her. You know, it's it's right. it's it's more like a give and, give and take thing if you, if you have friends that are willing to do that. But if you're mm -hmm. if you're on your own 
and you want to watch Star Trek Discovery, and the only way to watch it is on it's on CBS All Access, and <laughs> yeah, that that is some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and they and they don't even keep the episodes on there. This is what I don't get about their British practices, to where you say, okay, I'm paying for this service, but you know what, I'm gonna binge watch the whole season, you know, when it's over. They don't give you yeah. the option to do that. They get they they treat it like you know the apps, right. the, like the CW app, and like. To where you get like the last six episodes, yep. right? And that's all you get. Yep. But if you're paying for something like that, right? You should have access to everything on there <laughs> because you're. Carrie sounds so entitled. This is what I mean earlier about those blockbuster you're, you're, you're things. Paying, like, no, you're, you're paying money for it though, like eight dollars a month or something I, ridiculous. I, I t- I totally agree. It just I'm just saying it's it's so funny like how things have changed over the years. It's like, yo, we want all those fucking episodes now, bitch. Like <laughs> <laughs> I just love it, dude. It's great. I just fucking I mean, love I realize it. Realize they're not big like ne- as big as Netflix. Right. Right. You know, but <laughs> they are the same to where you're paying for a service and that you shouldn't have to say I got to watch these right away because they're going to take them off. Right. You should say right. I pay for this service, and they should be there when I want to watch them. Bitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> nobody else does that. Just CBS All Access. They don't. No one does. Because that. CBS, for some reason, seems to think that they are hot shits. Yeah. Right. I was just. I I missed a couple of episodes of Mom, and they weren't available on demand yet. So I'm like, I'll just go hit the CBS app. You can't even open the app without subscribing. I'm like. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, CBS. And because they forced me into that, they will never see a penny from me. You want to use my, my Comcast login, Suzanne? They try to charge me $70 a day for no good reason, you know. Oh, no shit. Bunch of assholes. Fuck them. I was like, you're taking that off, aren't you? It's like, yeah, okay, you know. <laughs> oh, my God, I fucking hate, I hate people like that. And uh, whatever, you know. But, yeah. And like I said, for me, I've, I've got my... I've, I've got Hulu, which I'm about to cancel because I, I subscribed to it. One. And once again, it was going to be like a month-long subscription for me because they had all of Poltergeist, The Legacy. Just, and just take, that's what I wanted to watch. Just taking shit off of there. They took it off there, didn't they? I was like two episodes away from finishing season one, and then the next day it was gone. No warning. No nothing. Just I mean, I, I know I, I know how digital rights work. They only have it for so long, and yada yada yada. But at least Netflix announces what they're going to take off your shit. Oh yeah, you know? Hulu does not. Like you're going to lose How I Met Your Mother on on May first, and you know yeah. it's not on there anymore now. Which you know I'm a little I'm a little perturbed because I can't watch uh, the the Robin Sparkles episode whenever I want to, and you know. Oh god, that episode is so funny. It's like it's that one episode. I've watched like ten episodes of How I Met Your Mother, yep. but I've seen the Robin Sparkles episode about eighteen times. Have you have you seen the one that they came after it where she had the partner on the show whose name I forget, but it was played by the girl from the Pussycat Dolls. Mm-mm. Oh, that's funny because they 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 show more clips of the show and they sing this this song called the Beaver Song. <laughs> and it's just Alan Thicke doing bad innuendos with the, <laughs> they're like doing like a math problem. And they're, they're using these sticks that are obviously penises. You know, they're like shaking them around and moving around. You know, <laughs> it's Lords of Salem all over again. Two beavers are better than one. It's good stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
scary. I feel like sometimes people listening are going to get like, that reference like and they're laughing their asses off right now, okay? Because they're thinking about that goddamn Beaver song, you know? Oh god, I really hope that clip oh, is somewhere. Jessica Glitter was, on YouTube. What's her name on the show? Her partner on the show. <laughs> and Alan Thick was the host of the show. Wow. Just, wow. just denim and. She's wearing glasses. That hurts my that hurts my junk even more. And uh, man, I feel like Alan Thicke and Patrick Duffy are the same person. It's it's a possibility. <laughs> they both have the same hair. <laughs> maybe maybe Alan Thicke has the leg of Patrick Duffy. Like like, like Man Bear Pig. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh God, I'm man so bear glad pig. you guys get my fucking references. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> one story that, that popped up today that that's not funny but it still kind of kind of irks me in a way is and pe- people are going to give me some shit about this and i, I know they are polly perrette who is the, the dark-haired girl she played abby on ncis who i don't even watch oh, okay. i don't even watch the show but i know who she is because she, she's hot she's a hot nerdy girl and i love me some hot nerdy girls and um she quit the show after 15 years, or didn't renew her contract, or whatever. I'll get into that, too. And she came out, like, a couple of days later talking about how abusive they were to her, and there was some other stuff where she was physically attacked, and she was told by the brass to keep it quiet, and yada, <laughs> yada, yada. Here's my thing. If, if you're yeah. being abused on the show, and they, they talked about when she was 15, she was raped, and that's terrible... So maybe right. that has something to do with her, the way her brain works. I don't know. I never talked to rape victims. So if you are a rape victim that's listening to the show, I feel for you. And it's a terrible thing. And I hope it never happens again. But there's some sick fucking people out there in the world. And they do that thing. And it's it's terrible. But my thing is that she had several contract negotiations, I'm sure, in the span of this 15-year period. To where she had the option to bow out. Mm-hmm. Like leave the show, you know. She she's she's probably the most one, probably the the most popular character on the show, if I had to guess. Right. Yeah. So odds are she would pick up by another series, or mm-hmm. do some movies, whatever. There's plenty of opportunities now for an actress like that. But for her to mm-hmm. say after the fact that she left the show after fifteen success fifteen successful seasons of this show, it's hard to say that about any show that they had fifteen successful seasons mm-hmm. and to, to say all this stuff now. Which is true, I'm sure, but if you didn't have the the wherewithal to get out when you had a chance, I feel bad for you, but at the same time, you were foolish for staying. I agree, 100%. When there were other opportunities available for you elsewhere to do other things. She could have replaced the chick fucking American Pickers. Yeah? Oh, that girl. That girl's got some problems. (laughs) It's the same person. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> that, that, that girl's got way more tattoos, and uh, that that kind of that kind of that's one of my bugaboos about girls who who have like like sleeves of tattoos. It kind it kind of grosses me out. So if you're out there, you got sleeves of tattoos. I might look at you funny a little bit because I, I I can't believe you just said bugaboo. I haven't I haven't heard that word since like 2004. Well, I'm bringing it back, okay, Dan. I'm bringing it back just for you. <laughs> I stole it because um, because of stepbrothers. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> things. I forget what he says. Something and sex with old ladies. Those are my two bugaboos. You know. 
Oh my god. But yeah, again, it's a real, it's a real serious situation, and I hope that you know she does good wherever she is. Right. But this this whole Me Too movement is getting kind of out of hand in a way, you know. To I mean, he takes. You're just gonna, the he's gonna that sit there. This is me off about this. He's gonna sit there and wait on it and wait on it and wait on it. You should have just said something at your first con- contract negotiation came up, and this was all going on. Saying, you know what? I'm not going to come back. And let me tell you about these shitheads now that my contract's up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing about this Me Too movement, all of these people are coming out of the woodwork after 20, and some of them 20 plus years. I mean, well, maybe if you had d- done something about it when it happened, I, you may have saved a lot of people I, I heard, a I, lot of trouble. I heard that Rose McGowan's manager killed herself. Probably because she got uh, fucking yeah, tired of hearing her, you know. And that, I mean, you look at what happened. I think it, a few months ago to Aziz Anasari, he yeah. asked this chick out. That's she went out with him. Nonverbal cues. They had sex, and then she had they, second they thoughts the even, next they day. They didn't even have That's sex. Right. They didn't even have sex. Now, if you're a female, you're, you're a female, right, Suzanne? Last time I checked, you know. If, <laughs> I if, certainly if, hope. If so. some man took you to, out to dinner. And gave you the option to go upstairs to his hotel room. You have the right to say yes or no, right? Yes, I do. Especially when the person weighs ninety pounds, like Aziz Ansari. It depends on how uh, good the dinner is. <laughs> I mean, I'm <laughs> saying, Dan, he's not an imposing man. Okay, he's not. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I love. I, love, I just watch. I, I I watch Parks and Recreation all the time. I just watched it last night to go to bed to just turn it on. You know. Yeah. I love Parks and Rec. Yeah, I love them on the show. I wish they'd never done that last season. It, oh, they did that stupid thing like a lot of shows do. New girls doing that. I new girls hated. New girls that doing last. that now, or say, "Hey, it's three years later. Let's bring back all these characters that you don't care about anymore." You know. Right. But uh, I'm sorry, and I know my opinion is the unpopular opinion. I'm sure that a bunch of militant feminists are going to come and try. If, if, if you're, Try to kick my ass for that opinion. If, if you're going to sit there and say, I gave you nonverbal cues to, to say I don't want sex when you didn't... Um, when, open when you, your fucking mouth, say no, I have to leave. When you didn't, when you didn't have sex. They, Bro, they, they, it's they, that easy. They went up to the room and then she left because she felt uncomfortable by him ignoring her nonverbal cues. Hmm. See, and that's, that's some fucking millennial bullshit right there. Well... Here's the thing, like every every like date that I've ever been on, every like person that I've ever had like something going on with, it's a hundred and fucking ten percent clear whether something's gonna happen or not. Like there's never ever, and if there is any doubt, then forget it. Yeah, that, that's a wrap, dude. Like don't even try. You know what I'm saying? But what I think is <clears throat> there's a gray area where. Um, I don't think guys, a lot of guys don't take no for an answer and they just push it a little too hard. And, and you're right. Like everybody has the right to say no, but at the same time, I feel like you get into situations and, and you know, like shit happens sometimes, you know, but like you have to have them, the, the right mind to say, no, nah, this has gone too far. Fuck this shit. Because if I go any further, then, you know, going to take it to a place where you can't really 
fucking go back or a situation like this happens, right? So you have to fucking draw the line. And unfortunately, it's kind of up to the girls now to kind of, you know, draw that line in the sand and say, listen, I'm not doing this or whatever, because guys won't fucking listen. I mean, you guys think with their dicks, they're just going to do whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. It's kind of a crazy thing if you think about. But in my experience, it's there's never been gray area. It's either going to happen. It's not. And what are the things being? Let me just get this one out. And the floor is yours again. What are the things that one of the spokespersons for the Me Too movement said? All all women in some way have been victimized. And I call bullshit on that. Mm. I have never, ever been victimized. (laughs) Shit, most of you guys victimize yourselves by judging each other. You know, mo- most of the girls that hung out in high school... Uh, women suck. We're catty as fuck. Most of those girls <laughs> that hung out in high school together had the ugly friend put in to their group to say, yeah. hey, we're hotter because we had this ugly friend. <laughs> it's, 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 not, never... it's not an exact science, but I, I've looked at groups of women, even grown and women. And there's the, always the ugly one. You gotta look for the frumpy one, because that's the girl they hang out with. <laughs> Gary fucking hones in on him like a Terminator. <laughs> I mean, I've never, if, if I've been on a date where this was, it was it, no one ever pushed themselves on me. Granted, I would kick their ass. Right. But it was like pretty much, can I come in? Do you want to come up to my apartment? No, I really don't. Thank you for a wonderful evening. Don't call me. Yeah. I mean, there was, yeah. There was that situation with, you know, Patrick Kane of our Chicago Blackhawks. To where he was, he was in Buffalo. He was having a good time, and then this little fucking star fucker, you know, t- took him to the again hotel room. They 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 did some business, you know. They had a good time, and all of a sudden she screams rape. He wanted a paycheck. She screams rape. That's all she, she wanted. Screams rape. And, you know, it was it was totally consensual, and she fucking lost that shit. Mm. You know, this is the same thing with Aziz Ansari. This girl saw Aziz Ansari in probably a hotel bar. She knew precisely mm. where he was. Let's face it, Aziz Ansari isn't the best-looking fellow on the planet, okay? He, he, weighed, he, is, he weighs about 100 pounds. He's not, he's, he's not ugly, but a 10 he is not. Yeah, but know. I also feel like if she wanted to fight him off, she could easily kick his ass. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. But she, she knew she knew, yeah. she, she, she knew precisely, way too far. She knew precisely who he was. She had to assume he had money. She, she She's mm. like a crack whore. You, you, see, you see somebody crack whore. You give them a dollar, they're going to assume you got more, you know? It's, it's... Look, I, I look at it like this. Here's the thing. you got to take it, each situation for what it is. And unfortunately, nobody really knows what happened in every in each of the situations. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, um, I, I know. I understand that. Yeah. But I'm saying 20 years after the fact, oh, after yeah, you take I agree. a payout yeah, to yeah, shut oh. your mouth? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I just think that, like, situations like that, it's like one person, you know, saying one thing, one person, like, who really knows the exact truth? Unless it's a situation like fucking Louis C.K. Oh, God, just pulling his dick out in front of people. That's uh, (laughs) that's unforgivable. You know what I'm saying? It's just there's so many different situations where... You know that that that's what's wrong with that whole movement, <laughs> unfortunately. And they'll say, "Hey, I'm a sex addict. That's why I was doing that kind of stuff." You know. <laughs> yeah, but it's just it's it's kind of bullshit. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, yeah. Every time I think of a woman's dick, I think about that guy in Revenge of the Nerds, and they go to the to the, the campus police station. It's like, what's that guy over there? 
that guy was uh, convicted of mopery. What's mopery? It's exposing yourself to a blind person, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he might have exposed himself to a couple blind people. I don't know what Louis C.K. is doing. That, guy, that guy's gross, you know? That, that kept... Oh, my God. When I was, like, 13, 14 years old, every fucking guy in my neighborhood thought it was hilarious to fucking moon everybody. <laughs> Suzanne, and now if somebody did you, you come from dude, that, you come... I, it would be sexual assault. You come from dudes. Oh, Suzanne, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so glad you brought, brought that up, though, because that reminds me. Gary, aren't you seeing Cliff O'Malley soon? No, I, that, that show didn't happen because they were unorganized as fuck. And uh, I'm sure he'll be another show on that, though, for sure. Dude. You got to meet him, dude. That's crazy. I mean, the, the, I come from a generation to where in high school and junior high, we thought it was funny to walk up on your friend and flick him in the testicles with your fingertips. You just watch him, watch him fall to his knees. You know, it was like a, it was like, yeah. it was like, a, it was like a ninja attack or something. Like, let's see how fast you can do it, and let's let's see how long it takes for the pain to set in. See, this was after my time. Because when I was in high school, the guys didn't do that to each other. Susan's like, I missed the teabagging. I, I do. I miss that. So, so a, that would have been hilarious. So, so I'm urging you, listeners, if we could, we could all flick each other in testicles every once in a while, we'd be a lot better human beings, okay? I'm a, I'm a, That's the only reason I came on this show, I was promised. I'm, 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 so. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. You go, go flick your friend in the testicles, just, be, just because. You know what, friend? I love you enough to watch you fall down and laugh at you, okay? You know? <laughs> I'll Rochambeau you. Here, I'll go first. If you got the right velocity and the right fingertip action, that wouldn't set in for like four seconds, and then all of a sudden you'd feel it. And, you know, it's kind of similar to getting kicked in the nuts by a baby. You know, the, the swinging baby feet. You know? <laughs> You're either engaging in one type of uh, finger-flicking uh, action or the other. So I guess that's, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, t- testicles aside, you know. <laughs> <laughs> testicles aside, this, this is what happens. This is what happens when Dan when it gets sweaty and it and it, and it gets to your oh, it's th- yeah. six to the six to the leg. I've been there. It's, it's almost there that's now. You know, worst, dude. That's the worst. All balls itch. That's a fact. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what happens when Dan Chase comes on the show. We talk about fucking balls for for a half. <laughs> Of the show is dedicated to testicles, and it's all blame this on it's me. It's all staying in because you know <laughs> that's what she said. said. Yes, indeed, <laughs> that's precisely what she said. <laughs> See, I'm gonna, save, I'm gonna save the real weird exploitation movies for Dan when they come when they come out. So you just, just say, Dan, you want to come on a show? This is what we're watching, you know. He'd be like, Hell yeah, he'd be like, dude, dude, you know. Dude. <laughs> hey. But tonight, um, a lot of your folks may have had your prom already. I've seen, you know, people out on lawns taking pictures. But tonight's dedicated to uh, that special time where kids go to dances. And the Misfits ultimately, ultimately come out on top. So we chose two films that cover that. And uh, we're, we're doing Carrie. Of course, the original Carrie. There's been, we'll get into that, you know, other reiterations of it. From 1976, uh, Suzanne, is that correct? Um, yes, I do believe so. Hold on, let me double check that, though. I had it written down, but I can't read what I wrote. Gotcha. <laughs> Sorry. And that perennial fat kid. 76, 76 
uh, 90s classic for from my youth, um, Angus. I think it's 1994, I think. Uh, 94, 94, 95, one of those. Uh, Whatever. One of those years where the Goo Goo Dolls were, were, were pretty popular. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man, we're going to have to get into that whole fucking thing later. But, hey, man, I, the Goo Goo Dolls were the shit at that time. I love the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> right? Oh, Gary. I'm just, I'm just saying testicles, okay? Testicles. <laughs> Johnny Resnick's testicles. It all oh. comes back to balls. And, ball, and balls, <laughs> stick, balls sticking to the side of the legs because it happens to the best of us, you know. Well, invest in some gold bond. That's what Bobcat Goldthwait recommended. <laughs> if you watch the movie, if you watch the movie Chef, you put cornstarch on your huevos, and you know it's, it's all it's all good. On your huevos. Oh, we're gonna get into mm. the Angus first because Dan may have to depart for the carry reviews, but so he he wanted to do Angus for sure. Yes. uh, We're going to get into that movie right after this. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. (laughs) Most effective, Your Majesty. Destroy this earth. Destroy it utterly. Send Rick and Penny in wool rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail, Hail Ming. Ming. Wait! You see those transmissions on the Visua screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud 2? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? Oh, I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Hell-Ming Power Hour. Disobedience to Ming. For now... You can find us at Legion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At www. You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastages. Helming. Breaking 2? Electric Boogaloo? Samurai Cop? Army of Darkness? Flashdance? We might destroy the planet if the flash comes. I'm swallowing snot. You know, it doesn't taste that gross. From the producer of Cool Runnings. Go! Comes a story about fitting in. She's definitely a babe. Talk to her. Grandpa, she's popular. Or not. Let me go! It's a little joke, okay? Watch my butt. I'm watching it right now. I get the worst pain in my stomach whenever I see her. I think I know what Rick did with your underwear. The underwear is almost as big as the flag. This year's Winter Ball Queen will be Melissa LeFever. And this year's Winter Ball King is Angus Bethune. 
can't dance. I can't talk to girls. You're Angus, right? And I know you set it up. And this is the chance you've wanted your whole life, right? But I can smash Rick Sanford's face in. Got a temper saver for the football field. I'm not going. You get to dance with Melissa LaFever. I'd sell body parts for a chance like that. You don't have to know how to dance to sweep a girl off her feet. Use what you have in here. We're going to turn you from a large, pathetic virgin into a large, pathetic virgin with a new look. This is Wanda. And she is your date? She's yours. Is this a bad time? When Angus dances with Melissa, she's never going to look back. Go for it, Angus. I think it's all right. do what I like, but that's the way I want to live. Angus. Girls, what guys who are dangerous? Have tattoos. Play the guitar. Stick with me. I know these things. Uh, Angus from 1995. I was a lowly 14-year-old boy when this movie came out. Uh, <laughs> your cheap plot synopsis <laughs> is this. A miserable, this is terrible. A miserable fat teenager secretly has a crush on the class beauty. Ends up becoming the surprising participant to dance with her at a high school dance. Meaning he's got to get his act together with the help of his best friend. Um, this stars uh, a bunch of surprising people for a film like this. You know, a bunch of people that you may know. That became stars after this movie is over. But Kathy Bates' is mom, uh, Charlie Talbot, plays the title role of Angus. Uh, Kevin Connolly, you may know him from Entourage. James Vanderbeek is in this movie. What is that girl's name? <laughs> that girl from Jurassic Park. That girl from Jurassic, that girl from Jurassic Park that I forget her name. But <laughs> not, not Ileana Douglas, that's another movie. That's another actress. Uh, but you know who she is. But, uh... And, of course, George C. Scott plays uh, Grandpa, who I think is great in this movie. But, yes. But I'm, I'm going to kick it to Dan, and I'm going to ask him what he thinks of Angus. Dude, I love it, man. This was um, this was the movie for me, man, growing up. Um, middle school, like, personally, like, I saw the movie, and I dug it, but it kind of started this whole thing with me where I would um, – I would really dig into to the soundtracks to movies, you know? Like, I almost like those more more than anything. And one of the first bands that I ever got into was Green Day. So there you go. It just, I mean, if you ever see this movie, it's 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 a, it's a plot point, actually. So, uh, so yeah, man, that I was just off and running once I saw this movie and, and I bought the soundtrack and listened to it all the time and, I just fell in love with it, man. This movie is so underrated, too. Like, nobody ever fucking talks about this, you know? That's why when you mentioned it, Gary, I was like, absolutely, I want to do it, you know? It's got so many great actors, like you said, in it. And um, it's got the Shermanator. It's got, like, it's just it's just classic, dude. And and like I said, much like something like Airborne and, and Angus and, and all these movies that are completely underrated, I don't know, they're, like, my favorites. You know? Hello. Hello. Suzanne, go for it, girl. (laughs) This was a first time watch for me. You know, when this one rolled around, I really wasn't watching anything. You know, I I I don't want to say teen movie, but it's kind of a young adult movie. There's a little age gap in there between us. Yeah, and I have to admit, this was a heartwarming little movie. I was kind of surprised at my reaction because I'm like looking at it and reading and going. Ugh, but Kathy Bates and George C. Scott are in it, so I'm going to hang. 
But I was really surprised at how intelligent the script was. It wasn't, once again, one thing I hate, toilet humor. And you've got, you know, your quintessential, you know, kid, James Vanderbeek, which we talked about a little bit before we started talking about the movie. He plays just a complete fucking asshole in the movie. Him and that fucking potato head. I'm not a fan of James Vanderbeek. You know what? I really like the movie The Plague. How do you feel? And how do you feel just... about James Vanderbeek's hair in this movie? <laughs> I'm sorry. Tell me, he does not have a potato head. But he has a classic, you know, flip down, you know, do in this movie. You know, where he's possibly shaved up the side a little bit and the hair hanging down. He still has the potato. There head. There you go. <laughs> potato head. <laughs> Mama's got a bowl, or James. But, let's let's shave around here, you know. And it's like I'm watching this movie, and it's like halfway through the movie, I'm like, George C. Scott's gonna die. I just yep. knew it. Right. They telegraphed that move so much, so that made me unhappy. But <laughs> I didn't cry, which is surprising. And I just I really enjoyed this. If I I I know if I'd seen this. When I was like 15 or actually probably 12 or 13, I would have really, really dug it because I like the underdog. I really do. The underdog had so much heart. He was so smart. He just he he just kept going. And the Shermanator was a shitty friend. (laughs) Yeah, right, dude. I was so mad. Like, why don't you why you don't have to give the give the those guys anything. But yet he stabbed his own best friend in the back. He's just and his friend. He's just he's just a little guy there, Suzanne. You know, I, I I can see. I'll get into what I start talking about. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no no, no. continue please. Yeah, you because know, I, I had a friend, and I'll get into this. You know, but that, that was as small as that guy. Or if, if some bigger guys were picking at him and they forced him to do something, odds are it wouldn't be more, it wouldn't be a turncoat. It'd be more of a desperation thing because he'd right. get the same beating tomorrow otherwise. You know. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. The day after, you're going to get the same beating again. Yeah. And I have to admit, that little plot point just upset me. Well, uh, what was he... Uh, my whole thing is, what was he, like, afraid of them? Was that why? Because he really did hurt them, right, when he when he threw them down at that one point. But, like, Angus is a big, big kid. He plays football. Like, if he actually sided with him, he actually still might have a chance. Like, he can he break stopped, people's noses. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, it was kind of a bitch move. It wasn't like a, oh, yeah, we'll make you popular type of thing, kid, or, or this or whatever. It was just yeah, it wasn't mean girls. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So. I, I was I was really disappointed mm. at the fact that he went and did this to his best friend. I'm sorry. That that was wrong. So very, very wrong. Yeah, but he, he, felt, he and, felt really bad about it, though, because he kind of made his distance at that point after he did what he did, you know. And like I said, another one of the side things, I mean, I loved Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates is just amazing. I, I love her in damn near everything she's ever been in, and I'm one of the few people that I really just don't like misery. But I, I liked her. I liked I liked the interactions with her and her son. And when she tells her father, it's like, yeah, he's tough. Every single day he goes to school and he puts up with all of this. But he goes back every day. 
And her father says, like, yeah, I know. So did you. And I was like, oh, I, I know that there's probably words, but it, that was my reaction. I was like, oh. Right. And I, the, the other thing, I, why did he have to die on his wedding day? His bride-to-be seemed so sweet. And when Angus goes to see her and then her, her watch goes off, was another one of those, aww. Right, moments. yep. But I have to admit, I really, really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I was. It was, it, like I said, it was very heartfelt. It was, you truly felt for these people, and you really wanted to beat that kid's ass. I wanted Angus to punch him in the nose and break it again. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree with that, for sure. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll, all in all... I, I really enjoyed it. Man, yeah, me and this movie, this movie and me, yeah, we, we, have, we have a kinship because, you know, it, pe- people see a character like Angus who's obviously shy, but at the, at the same time very, very angry about his station and where he's at because it's to the point where he's fighting to, to go to another school in, in this movie. He wants to go to, to science school because he makes it a point and when he's, when he's screaming it, of course, at the end where he at the dance, and of course they're playing another prank on him, you know, like, the, the whole point of the movie is them, it's a real, like, the, the next movie we're talking, Carrie, where they, they, they rig it for, for him and the girl to be the the winter ball king and queen, so they can embarrass them again with, with, with the video that Suzanne, uh, accustomed attributed to, they, uh, Troy gave to them as, like, an embarrassment for him, and, but he, uh, he, he knocks on his ass, and the whole thing about him being, you know, Great at science and being fair at football, you know, just trying to be that, 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 again, a term used way too much that the square peg trying to fit in a round hole kind of thing. And that, that's all he's trying to be is to try to make it, you know, to try to be normal amongst his, mm-hmm. his peers. And I, I felt that I, I had my Troy. My Troy looked much like this, this Troy. His name was Kenneth in high school. And I still, I still talk to him. He, uh, he moved on with his life. He's, he's, he has kids of his own, and yada yada yada. But uh, he got some hard times. I don't want to get into that in this show. But you know, I, I've, I've always had that friend with me. So in a lot of ways, I, I can I can relate to Angus quite a bit, which which keeps me going back to films like this. Um, George C. Scott. Uh, it, it, I, don't need, I don't even need to say it, but because um, he's great and everything. But he, he he him and Kathy Bates at this point did not need to make this movie. But, you know, the fact that, right. that they, they got these people to, to be in this movie and to be a great of characters and get into their roles as much as they did, you know, Kathy Bates being the mom who was once in Angus's shoes as a young girl, so she, she understands the plight that he goes through every day, you know. and Yeah, the fact that they were in it speaks volumes about the script. Mm-hmm. And George C. Scott, your classic old man. You get, there's so many great interactions between George C. Scott and, and, uh, and Angus yeah. in this movie. I know. <laughs> it's be normal. You're not normal. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. It, it, that's the thing, too. Like, It's one of those like coming-of-age type of things where <clears throat> even, even if you don't identify with being a complete outcast, like, I'd say Angus is somewhere in between, but, like, you know, like, playing football and stuff like that, but more so he feels like he's an outcast, you know? He's, com- he's comfortable. Being petty. He's comfortable in, the, like, the right. space he's in. It's, it's yeah. fun, but, not, but not comfortable. Like, like I, 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 I live with that all through high school and middle school. 
to where, you know, I, I had people that, that thought of me a certain way, and I really didn't care what they thought at the same time. So I wasn't, I right. wasn't quite as brooding as Angus was. Right. Although when I was younger, right. Right. quite a folks got, got their ass kicked. You know, because I was just, I was an angry young man back in those days. I've mentioned this before the show. <laughs> so the fact that he, he yeah. breaks people's noses in this movie constantly, well, the same nose. It's a, it's, right. it's a gag in the movie, him, how many times he broke Rick Rick Sanford's nose in this movie from when they were kids. <laughs> but he never learned, and he just kept right. poking the bear. <laughs> yeah. But you know, he knows he can take him down. He, he knows he knows that he's bigger than him. He knows, obviously, that he's tougher than him, because... You see at the very opening of the film that the football game and the marching band, which I think is is perfect together, and how how hard, how fast he can run for a fat kid for one thing. You know, he, he can run pretty fast, and how hard he can hit somebody. He knows he's capable of doing this, but he doesn't have the strength within to to take charge. Until you get to the very end of this movie, and he realizes that his grandfather was right when he just said, "Screw him." You know, who cares what they right. think? You know, right? Yep. And yep. in the end, he does get the girl. And you know, because they they find out they have some kind of common ground to where, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a really a throwaway thing, but when the, the, the she makes the reveal that she's a bulimic, like, but at the same time, right. she she's mm-hmm. saying that she's not perfect, she has problems too, and right. that's that's important for them, you know, to to come to come together as as as, as a unit, well, you know. I also think too, and and I totally agree with what you said, and yeah, dude, it's more about. This is what I've learned, like growing up too, and looking back on all those situations and how everybody reacted with each other. It's all about perspective. Like you, you build people up in your head, whether it be because other people tell you, or you just build somebody up like that, or whatever. Where everybody's fucked up, everybody's got problems, everybody's insecure. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? So it's more about like you realizing, like, and we're all pretty much on a level playing field. You know, I mean. Give or take, you know what I'm saying? Like you got those those ricks, obviously, where those those are the extremes. But but most of like so when I as as high school went on, uh, me and my classes like we were really fucking tight. Like all all the groups kind of meshed and and everybody was friends and there was no real fucking bad blood. There wasn't any real bullying in my like it was really cool, man. But I gotta be honest with you, like freshman year and middle school and shit like that, it was, it was rampant. It was ridiculous. There's, there's it, that, there is that there is that transition. I, I this speaks volumes to everybody that's listening. I'm sure. Of the friends that you had in grade school, that 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 either transferred over when you went into middle school or high school, or just went by the wayside. Either they were they, they ever thought they were too good for you, or they started hanging out with different people, you know. And that that's that's these people except the fact that him and Rick were never friends. They they show this from the beginning of the film that he was always a fuckhead, and right. that Angus was always yeah. at odds with him and his friends, and you know, and every time he got punched, he just he just like. I'm sure. I'm sure he, he he rubbed it off after a few days, but at the same time, he's that snarky and that snide and that mean that he would just come back and start messing with this kid again. And you know that 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 was it. Yeah, I mean, I I can also relate to Angus being the oddball. I was that way for a really long time. You know, when I was younger, I was painfully shy. I know, shock and surprise. <laughs> and I was just uncomfortable. Don't come off as shy at all. And not even remotely. And then I had a life-changing event, and then I was like, fuck it. And started telling everybody what I really thought. 
And to this day, that hasn't changed. What do you mean, like, if you don't mind me asking without, like, getting into it, if you don't want to, like, what was the, you don't have to say what the event was, but, like, what did, what did it entail? Like, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer at 17. That'll do it. Okay. <laughs> That'll bring you perspective. Okay. Oh, I, I don't mind talking about oh, it. Okay. All right. But it, I, I, very possibly could have died. It was, I was on chemo for three years. Mm -hmm. You know, this happened like the the latter part of my senior year. And once again, painfully shy. I mean, I opened up when I got home, you know, my love of horror movies. I had a few people that I talked to at school and we would sit and talk about, you know, the latest slasher flick that hit the video store. But I just wasn't just that close with anybody. I just, because I pretty much hated everybody around me. I thought they were all a bunch of pretentious fucks. Right, right. Well, I feel like, though, in high school, like, I, I don't know. At that young age, people are. You know what I'm saying? Like, even This I was, was my senior year. They had been the same fucking people right. throughout high school. Yep. And yep. everybody wanted to do that whole buddy buddy thing, and I'm like, yeah, just really not not interested at all. Mm-hmm. You know, you're pricks to me. You know, I mean, to the point, I was always comfortable. I liked my beat up Levi's and t-shirts, <laughs> and that's what I wore to school. It mm-hmm. wasn't because I couldn't have other stuff, but this is what I liked, and right. I got picked on for my wardrobe. Well, somebody call you a lesbian in a second, you know, just because they want to, you know. Oh, nobody so, called me a lesbian. But you, you, you know how mean people are. I'm not saying a lesbian is the wrong thing to be, but to, 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 to single somebody out like that and say, you're, "Oh yeah, like I said, it was wearing, all about these clothes." You must be a dyke, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, but my father always took me and bought me whatever pair of sneakers and, and shoes I wanted. I mean, my father was, you know, asked me about it, and he's like, "Well, I'll take you shopping now if you want." I'm like. I'm comfortable. I just don't care. And after I got this diagnosis and I just got to the point, it just, there was, I, I was tired of it. So when I would hear anything, it's like, wow, must be such a pain in the ass to have to get up three hours before school to put on that much makeup. Mm-hmm. And I just, it just completely changed me. I mean, I know once I got out of school and into college, this personality would bloom because I mean, I have a lot of friends outside of school that I was like this with, but it's like, after that, my, my real personality just bloomed. Right. And my teachers fucking loved me because I would, I, I, at that point I wasn't afraid to raise my hand or I would get some really serious discussions going in a couple of my English classes. Mm hmm. Yep. But I, I identify with that a lot. Right. Yeah. No, and, and that's why I, I like this movie, too, where it's 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 not too heavy handed. I think that it definitely has a message. The message is pretty cliche, I'd say, you know, um, in terms oh, of it is right. Like, but but I, I, I do like the approach, though, because, like I said, it's not too heavy handed and they do it in, in, in kind of a fun way where I, I like the comedy in this too. You know, it's, it's, I don't want to say subtle, but it's not like over the top by any means, you know, it's, it's actually more serious and kind of sad than anything, especially when you get to the George C. Scott stuff and all that kind of stuff, it kind of changes the game and, and really sets up the, the third act and, you know, like shows him what he's 
basically got to do to to realize, you know, all the stuff that he does and and have everything happen the way it does in the end, you know. But like the thing the thing with this movie for me personally is I like a, as a kid, right, like getting, you know, like when Scream came out, when this movie came out, that's when I really started getting into movies and really loving them and stuff like that. And it sounds like so like typical too, but you get watching these things and and you relate. And this, that was like the first time that I would see something like that, you know, on film. And it's like, Oh wow. Like I can identify with that or whatever. (laughs) It was like first getting like messages as a kid, you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh wow. Like, you know, and and it was so early for me anyways. I mean, I was like 95, 94. I was like nine, 10 years old at that point. I'd say I found this movie maybe probably a couple years later after that or whatever. But at that point, man, I was just so susceptible to messages like that, that looking back on it, you know, as cliche as it is and the, the, the message is kind of generic or whatever. Um, Execution wise, I thought it was perfect just because of those things that you said too uh, earlier in terms of like everybody's got their problems. You know, she was bulimic, this, that, and the other thing or whatever. Like I said, not heavy handed, but they give you that information to kind of show you, you know, the overall the overall aspect of everybody fucking feels like shit. You know, everybody has, like I said, insecurities and, and it's all about realizing that, you know, like we're all the fucking same, you know, but to your point too, though, Suzanne, like I reached a point too where I just fucking I cut everybody off that that were kind of dicks and 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 I I quickly realized because I I lost a, a couple friends like really young and it really does give you perspective those type of things where it's like life is too short and I hate that I hate like sayings like that because they are I hate cliches because they're fucking true <laughs> you know but like it is that cliche where you do realize hey we're not fucking here forever I don't have time for this bullshit like if you're gonna be a fucking asshole to me I'm not gonna fuck with you like I'm gonna move on and uh that realization is a fucking big thing you know for me anyways and and this movie kind of reflects that you know in terms of like just coming to terms of who you are and and who everybody else is in relation to you yeah oh i agree you know shut up yeah Gary. yeah, yeah. Have the conversation that's fine <laughs> yeah, I mentioned something, like, we mentioned off air for sure like how important like a soundtrack is to a movie like this because you get some great tracks this movie and to, to this day when mazzy star comes on the radio Oh, God, no, we can't talk about that song at all, ever. That's like the junior high slow dancing song that everybody remembers. Oh, no, it is is the, like, my age, 40 plus, when you really feel the need to cry and you can't, you put fade into me on repeat, tears (laughs) will happen. It's it's a good song, and it's a good song to to play where they played it, where him and Melissa are dancing together, and you need that slow dance, and of course it... It kicks right into right after that where the Weezer song You Gave Your Love to Me Softly came from was this movie. And, you know, I love me some Weezer. And Oh, that song is epic, dude. Um, so that was one of the songs. That and the Green Day song, uh, the Love Spit Love song, uh, all of that, dude. This soundtrack is fucking choice, dude. But, yeah, you're right. That was actually uh, – what is it? What uh it's not the. Is it the White Album? What the fuck was Weezer's first album? The Blue Album. I forget. 
It was the Blue Album. Okay. The, I, I heard this before I even heard that shit. So I heard this song and I loved it so much that, that I listened to that. And then it was just fucking all over after that. Like I fell in love with that band. But yeah, th- this movie for me has has a very strong musical connection. Like I think like most of the songs um, on the soundtrack are f- just fucking fire. And they just like convey so much for, you know, in terms of like what the movie is and just the feel of it. And like I said earlier with Green Day, you know, him trying to fucking get to the phone to, to always call him to get tickets and stuff like that. Like Green Day was one of the first bands I ever saw live. And, and one of my, you know, Dookie was fucking it for me. That was like the album for me. So um, it does. Yes, it does. It? I still yeah. listen to it. Yep. Yep. So I don't know. I, yeah, it's I just... always skip Longview though because I get I got sick of hearing that song, and and, and when I come around yeah. as well, you know? right? <laughs> Never get tired of Basket no, Case I mean, though. I agree. Never get tired of Basket Case. The, the the music in this movie just it, and there are so many movies that I honestly I, I've I've seen so many movies where the soundtrack is better than the movie, but I'll watch the movie <laughs> for the music. Right. Right. Like, I think this and Empire Records, I think, came out the same year or the year after. Yep. And right. probably two of the best soundtracks of the 1990s. Oh, I, God. Really? After I watched Empire, Empire Records the first time, I could not take... I, I couldn't stop listening to If You Want Blood by ACDC. Did you start dancing with, like, the phone and stuff, you know? Like like Lucas in that movie, you know? <laughs> oh, believe me, I, I, I did my fair share of dancing. I'm not sure if Anthony Lopaglia <laughs> could play those drums or not, but I, I was pretty convinced, you know. Do that. <laughs> That's a film for another show. But um, Angus, yeah, I think the young the young talent played pretty well in this movie, but it, it wouldn't have worked without the 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 learned um, the learned talent of George C. Scott and, and Kathy Bates be, being the, yeah. the glue of, of this film. I mean, your, your young male lead did well. I don't think he did much else after this, but. I think he made an impact in my life, and I'm sure a lot of other folks' lives, too, because I've heard people that either haven't seen this movie or have heard of this movie, but the folks that had seen this movie can, can relate to it in a major fucking way like we're talking about right now, especially me and Dan. You know, like the, that, 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 that wanting to belong, and you know, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the need to belong. Because at, at the end of the day, when this movie's over, he, he doesn't really need anybody but, you know... His friend, his mom, and, and now his girl. Yeah, he because at the end the fat guy gets the right. girl in the end of this movie, and you know mm-hmm. that may, that makes me heralded even more than when the fat guy gets the girl. <laughs> I like yeah, that. This is a, a really heartfelt movie. Right, right. I mean, right. he overcomes adversity again. It's, this 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 uh this episode is called uh, a misfit's lament, and it, well. Carrie goes out with a much bigger bang when she wins, but Angus, uh, you know, lit, lit, lit that fire under their ass, and they, when when they were they they look at him in a whole different way when this movie's over, and then they did when the movie started, right? And uh, well, it, and also too, it's it's one of those um, like you said, it's one of those like self discovery things. Like here's the thing, a lot of movies, it's like. Oh, he punches the guy out and then he's the fucking hero. He's the man, you know, to everybody. And in this, 
he's the man, basically, not the man, but you know what I'm saying, to this girl, and that's what really matters in this. He's not like, oh, he punches the fucking popular guy out, and, and he's the shit now, and, and it's all about public perception. Like, I like what you said about that, because it's not about that. It's about, you know, it's about your perception and how you see things, and like you said, at the end of the day, it's like, who even gives a fuck? Like, fuck him, you know? Screw him. <laughs> Whatever he says. Screw like, Vegas, Yes. Oh, yeah, man. It's just, yeah. See, a message like that that isn't too heavy-handed um, is just perfect, you know? And like I said, when I saw this, I was like, whatever, 12, 13 years old. It just hit me at the most perfect time. And and it's funny now watching, like rewatching it too because now knowing who all these actors are and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's great. But like, you're right. Kathy Bates is so fucking good. It's like you think of all her diverse roles with being like the mother, the water boy, even, you know, (laughs) she was a bona fide star at this point. You you know that when, you know, her and like George C. Scott, you know, read the script, it was them getting involved was based on them reading that script and how strong it was. And, you know, because at this point, neither one of them really needed a paycheck, you know? Yeah. But, um, I'm sure they they didn't make a ton from this movie. As far as that goes, but I think that they, they they read the script and they they, they see how strong the script is. That's a very strong script. It'd be really easy to go oh, yeah. a real immature way with this movie, although it does have its, its immature moments, like them them putting Angus's underwear on the flagpole, underwear, <laughs> yeah, their face. <laughs> it's a th- that, that to me, I didn't see the that reaction of Troy is hilarious though. That's like a big old slice of the old dick pie or some shit like that. He says. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, it's just it's just one of those things though. This, where, this is why um, I can forgive Troy, Suzanne, because he has so much, so much, so much endearing qualities to him. You know? Are you kidding me? What? No. About his friend, I, I, but at the same time, he's got a lot of love for him. You know? I, I still, I, I, I find that unforgivable. I don't know how many, I don't know yeah. how many dude friends uh, that, that you've had, that, and I'm sure you've had multiple to do that. Most of my friends are dudes. I mean, come and talk to Dan here, where you can just say stuff to your friend and, and not mean it or anything by it, but just keep saying stupid stuff to your friend. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know, your random stuff that would normally hurt per, uh, a person that you didn't know, but since he's your friend, you could say it to him, you know? Right. <laughs> right. The classic '80s perception, calling everybody a fucking you're a fucking fag, yo. You know, like like it's right. an insult or something. But you know, this is something dude bros used to do to each other. You know. <laughs> yeah, my dude bros and I, we still do that. And of course, flick each other in the nuts. That's very very uh thing. <laughs> this is... oh, my my friend Pat was the best. That uh, he was he was like a fucking ninja, but he, he was. <laughs> He was he was as fat as I was though. He, he could boob and fingers so fast, just flicking nutsacks down the hallway. You know, he wouldn't flick a stranger's nutsack. Just his friends, okay? You know. Oh, uh, you know that's that's one thing. Me and my dude bro friends, we don't do it. Well, they well, might do it to well, each other, but t- if they touch me, tes- they know they're pulling back a stump. You don't have testicles. <laughs> you don't have a frame of reference. You know, you, could, you know, the woman's got balls. That's true. Yeah. I doubt. <laughs> <laughs> good times, good movie. I, 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 I've watched it many, many times. I, I understand there's a TNT version out there that has extra scenes in it that I haven't seen before. Really? Yeah. 
No shit. So so here's what I want to say too, real quick, uh, Gary, because with this movie, man, um, do you do you guys seriously though feel that it's like one of the one of the underrated kind of teen comedy coming of age well, stories? Well, for the fact that so many of the friends of, of my friends of my age have not seen it. Right. I, I think right. that that makes it underrated because Johnny Krupp was supposed to be on the show, and he's like a year younger than I am, and he's never seen it. And they're like, dude, you gotta watch it. You know, wow. we're the same age, and me and you will, will both love this film. I'd, I'd imagine, you know. And I and I feel like once like '97 hit, you know, with like Varsity Blues and all those movies, everybody's seen all of those. But for some reason, there's just this lull, and a- Angus falls in that lull for some reason. And that's what it's so weird to me. Like for me. This movie's fucking everything, and I say it, and people, it's not even on people's radar. It's not even like people have even heard about well, it, Well, the, pro- it's the problem is, you know, I, it was in the... It was, I oh, sorry. I'd never heard of this movie. It was in theaters for a short time, I remember, because oh. I'd seen it in the theater. And then it had a, a pretty long life on VHS, and then on cable, of course. But after that, I think it may have had, like, a Warner Archive disc that came out way later that nobody knew about. And yeah. I think that I'd imagine the ones that cared about it went and found it, but I never, I never mm-hmm. knew it existed. I only knew it in in the VHS form, you know. Right, right. So yeah, man. like this get lost in the shuffle sometimes, and that's 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 a shame. And uh, I think it's pretty great, you know. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, I, I think it does too. Ki- I think it is. I'm gonna too. kick it to Dan and uh, anything else you like to say about it, and what do you give it one to ten? Well, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm just fucking really happy that you hit me up. First of all, to have me back on because I haven't been on your podcast in forever, dude. And uh, and I love I love you, Gary. You're the man, dude. You're a fucking good dude. And Suzanne, it was great talking to you tonight, too. Like, this was really fun. But I, I, I did want to say that, like, I'm so glad because you always pick awesome movies. Every time we've ever talked, you're always the one that brings up the movies that not too many people know about, yet are very near and dear to my hearts. And I'm just like, my heart? Hearts? I only have one. Heart of hearts. <laughs> near and dear to my heart, but it's just, it, it's so great, man. Like, you, it, I feel like we're, we're very in tune with our with our tastes and, and what we get out of these type of movies and shit like that. So, yeah, man, I'm just happy that you hit me up, to be honest with you. You were like, dude, you want to do Angus? I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Do you know how long I've been waiting for somebody to just fucking ask me that? Yes, let's do that. So, so yeah, man, this movie's just uh, – this movie's just complete nostalgia for me, you know? Just reminds me of my childhood, brings me right back. Um, I still listen to some of the songs. Uh, I, I don't think I have the CD anymore. I'm sure it fucking well, some, got destroyed. Some wonderful bastard, uh, if you have Spotify, collected all the songs and put them in one playlist, so... Oh, I love Seriously? that. Seriously? Yes. No. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, and actually, uh, one of my favorite bands, Brand New, actually did a cover of the uh of the opening song nice. and it's 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 even better yeah a lot, yeah, a lot so. of these bands are, are bands that were on right. other soundtracks of the 90s like the like the mm-hmm. band the muffs or if you don't know the yep. name <laughs> yes, you've, heard, you've yes. heard the muffs in like seven movies yeah right they right. did that that uh kids in america cover song for clueless and they did um mm. oh really their song um in national lampoon senior trip which is a film that not a lot of folks have seen, but they should see because that's Jeremy Renner playing a great stoner in that movie. And, uh, <laughs> it's a, I've seen it's that. One of, the great, right. one of the great stoner comedies of the 90s that not a lot of folks talk about. And uh, man, oh man, yep. check out National Lampoon Senior Trip. You won't be disappointed. 
Yeah. And you get Tara Strong with her titties hanging out, which is always nice, you know. Because <laughs> she is hot. Oh, so I know, right? Um, but Gary, didn't PCU come out at the same like, at the like same 94, time? Like 93? Yeah, that was like... Yeah. What is, I hated that movie. What? You did you didn't like it? I <laughs> Come on, it. man. This, this is gutter, man. He ta- he, I he feel takes like, like it would be more relevant today than anything. He takes right? like five major bong hits. He knows how to carbon everything, you know. Fucking gutter. John, John, John Favreau. <laughs> fucking stoned out of his fucking mind. Can you blow me where the Pampers is, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So it's so great. It's almost it's it's almost. Oh damn it! Who is this? Oh well, I'll I will uh, ignore that real fast. But back back to the task at hand. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that this movie's great. I'm gonna kick it to Susan. What was your rating, sir? I'm sorry. Uh, one out of ten. Um, I honestly I wish I'd seen this when I was younger. Mm. But yeah. I, at this age, I, I really appreciate where it came from yeah and it was it was kind of at least nostalgic enough for me to remember the bands that were hot in the day Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm you know what i'm actually just going to give this an eight it was really really good i wished it had come out in 85 instead of (laughs) 95 (laughs) yeah well, to, to be fair, a lot of those were like really a lot more sexier. Like I, I could watch Little Darlings. To, oh yeah, I, the '80s were that was the golden age of sex. I comedies. could watch Little Darlings right now and be turned on. You know, <laughs> Matt Dillon was so fucking I, I liked adorable, it for a different, and then he had his ugly face, and then he got hot I liked again it for a different reason. Okay, Suzanne, you know, just yeah, yeah, I know. I know you like that Matt Dillon half shirt just sticking out, looking all sexy and stuff, you know, and. Uh, yeah, but it's like he did that movie and he was like super hot, and then he just had that ugly face, <laughs> and then he came back and he was fucking hot again. Oh, so man. yeah, Angus for me, <laughs> Angus is a ten. I'm not even gonna give it give it any, any lows because this ain't nothing but highs because it's, it's, wow. it still holds up just as good as it did from when I was a kid, and and mm. not a lot of films you could say that about fil- 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 yeah. films like this right. because the themes are still relevant. The the acting is real good. The music is a perfect accent to the movie. I, I right. think it's pretty fucking perfect, and I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten. Yeah, you know. Yep. I would I would I, w- I was going between an eight and a nine, but dude, this just fucking tickles that nostalgic bone of mine. I'm gonna give it a nine. Um, the only reason I don't give it a ten is because I can think of some other movies that I that you know tickles. Just- little bit more so um but this is right up there this is right up there with my favorites and uh yeah man this is a solid nine everything that you guys just said though it's um it, it's just it's got everything it's got a little bit of everything it's uh, i love i love the comedy how it's not too over the top um obviously like we've been saying the whole time the soundtrack is fucking phenomenal and i i literally when i play those songs it just it, it brings me back to that fucking feeling like i was a little kid when you know before fucking life uh kicked me in the nuts hey well nuts <laughs> once again bringing it back but uh yeah before i fucking got jaded in the uh the world bitch slapped me in the face when I had hope in life. That's what that's what this movie reminds me of. It's like, oh, it's just it's just good memories, good times being a kid, 
and why died wonder right yeah my life was what my life was ahead of me and and i had nothing but good things and then uh Fucking now, look at me. Oh, I forgot to I forgot to mention like one of the best lines of the movie is when Troy when when Angus is describing what what he feels about Melissa when he's dancing with the with the blow up doll that he got from his father's dentals off at the office. Oh God! Oh God! Yeah. And the line where, where Troy goes, "You get a boner in your stomach." Boner in your stomach. I. I, I <laughs> It's hard to describe that feeling that he's talking about, but Troy nailed it because you know that that that, yep. that feeling that pit in your stomach when that girl walks by that you you admire, or or yep. not not necessarily Jeffrey Bones, but like you feel a general a- adoration for. Her. It's like right. it was like the most perfect line to to, to say to describe it is is right. you get a boner <laughs> in your stomach, you know. <laughs> Dude, everything that kid says is just so perfect in this movie. He, like, I love their friendship, too. That's another thing. Like, that's, you know, you got your Bill and Ted to the world and everybody knows, but this is definitely an underrated fucking duo. I still have my problems with him, too. I, I do think he's he's somewhat redeemable, um, even more so because I give him a pass because he's a kid, you know, but I, I do like I do like this as a, as a nice little friendship movie, too. Cool. Yeah, after this... Uh, Dan has to fly because Dan has to work in the morning. So do I, but you know, whatever. I'm here. <laughs> but, um, yes. But hey, thank you for having me on, though. Yes, Dan. And, and this was fun. Oh, I'm so glad to finally have had a chance to podcast with you, Dan. For sure, dude. For sure. Let's do it again, too. Absolutely. But ne- but next yeah. up, as I found out 10 minutes ago that he's available, uh, Kyle Poling from the Bloodbass and Boomsticks podcast is going to join us for our review of 1976's Carrie. Our, our first De Palma film on the show, I believe. So there, there's that. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh my god! I think I have just about every movie Brian De Palma has ever made in my collection. Uh, well, nice. you're gonna hate our next De Palma show then, just because because you know, <laughs> I'm pairing with something really nasty. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> so, am I gonna love it? Oh, well, you may it? love or hate it. I don't know, but um, we'll get it to carry uh, from 1976. Starring the great Sissy Spacek and the great Piper Laurie, right after this.
It's the night of the senior prom. The Bates High School gym is alive with excitement. Everybody is there, even Carrie White, the girl no one likes. We're all sorry about this incident, Cassie. It's Carrie! And everyone makes fun of her. The girl who lives in that creepy house with her crazy mother. Help the silly woman see the sin of her days and ways. Show her that if she had remained sinless, the curse of blood would never have come on her. The girl with the strange power. If I concentrate hard enough, I can move things. But tonight, no one will laugh at Carrie. If you don't have a date for the prom next Friday, would you like to go with me? She's with the best-looking boy in the senior class. He's trying to trick me again. She'll be voted queen of the prom. You know, I can make sure that you don't hurt Carrie White anymore. For Carrie, it will be a dream come true. For everyone else, it will be a nightmare. <coughs> Carrie. <coughs> a new film by Brian De Palma. Based on the chilling bestseller. Starring Sissy Spacek, Piper Laurie, and introducing John Travolta in his first motion picture role. If you have a taste for terror, you have a date with Carrie. Uh, Carrie from 1976, of course, directed by the great Brian De Palma, uh, stars Sissy Spacek, Piper Laurie, PJ Souls, Nancy Allen, John Travolta, a non-naked Mrs. Poole, thank God. Uh, there, there's, there's tons of people in this movie, you know. I pray to, I pray to the gods of cinema that I've, I've never seen Mrs. Poole naked, and this, this, there was a chance for that in this movie in the very beginning, but, uh, this is a classic that needs no introduction. Uh, I'm gonna kick it to Suzanne first. Oh, I forgot to mention. I don't forget to mention this. For she, she's chosen to join us instead of Kyle. So Kyle's turned into a woman because Kyle had to go away. And uh, you'll know her from the VD Clinic podcast and Devour the podcast. Two two podcast people. Uh, Vanessa McHenry, how are you? I'm good. Yourself? I'm doing okay. This has been a process. I, I my my brain is elsewhere, but we're we're happy to have you here. If if you know. Despite the shitty introduction, you know. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. I'm glad uh, you uh, thought of me and uh, happy to be here. Yes, I figured this was one. This is the last minute, last minute schedule change, guys, because of the the tragedy of, of rain and storms that befell this podcast tonight. That I said, "Hey, Vanessa, there's something you got to prepare for. You want to do a carry review?" She said, "Sure, give and me we'll five. Eat. Give me five minutes." I was like, "Okay," you know. You're in luck. There's good weather here in New York today. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. We had our electrical storms last week. <laughs> okay. Like uh, said, we, I, it's been raining off and on here. I'm really surprised that my power held out, so I just went and reinst reinstalled Skype on my phone just in case. Cool. I'm going to kick it to Suzanne first and ask her what she thinks of Carrie. Okay, this has been a movie that I turn to at least once a week. Once a year, at the very least. It was also the first Stephen King novel I ever read. 
And the first time I saw this movie, I watched it on, you know, the cut Saturday afternoon movies with my mom. And when I was about 14 or 15, I saw the full R-rated version. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) What the hell am I? Oh, my God. In the first 30 seconds of the movie, you get boobs and bush. Yep. (laughs) 70s bush. Yeah, you got that 70s Wookiee bush. Yes. (laughs) But I think there, there's a lot. Of, I, I love this movie. I can't, I, I just, I can't say enough about it. And I also, I just want to say this before I start getting into anything else. I think this is one of the handful of Stephen King novels that actually translated well to the screen. Because most of them, let's be honest, people, are terrible. Well, they never done it fully correctly because Carrie is kind of a hag, a miserable hag in the book. And not very good looking at all, as far as... And chubby. And chubby, too, yes. Right, right. And once again, it's on top of watching the movie at least once a year. I read the book at least once a year, because I can blow through the book in a couple hours. But I just, I've always really just enjoyed this movie. This one, it's, it's just straight horror for me. And, you know, just in more recent things, there's always that vein of humor in it that I just kind of get, I just get bored with. And this one just stays pretty true to the story, with the exception of, you know, body type, basically. But they they made her kind of grisly looking. And, I, you know, you just, you, you feel bad for her. But, it, you know, it, it's always that thing in the back of your mind, like the girls in the locker room, that it's like, God, would you just deal with it? I mean, screaming plug it up doesn't help much, but you you can get why she get she's the butt of their jokes. You still feel for her, and then seeing what she has to live with with her mother, who is a complete and total religious zealot, and screaming Bible verses at her and slapping her and beating her. You know, you it's it's the turmoil. The the bad girls in this movie are the best bad girls ever. They are just so fucking horrible, horrible to carry, just shitty people in general. <laughs> and, you know, it. You, you really, I like the revenge. I really and truly love the revenge. I like the way that I, I liked when the car crashes, I've never been a big fan of John Travolta, but he played his part pretty well. I've always loved Nancy Allen, and then seeing her, her just being like the queen queen bee bitch in this movie, it's just it's really different for me because I'm used to her being kind of the nice girl. And I just I, I, it's it's so hard for me to talk about this movie because I think it's another one of those movies that I'm just a little too invested in that I can't really you know, pick out certain things. I was really surprised at the gym teacher at the very end. I mean, I I still get that feeling like I'm, I'm watching it for the first time when she turns around and just starts laughing at her. And I, I don't know. Like I said, I just, I love the bad girls. The bad girls are just bad. You know, the teachers are just, you know, paid too little and care too little. I like one of my favorite scenes in the movie, and it's just a simple scene, is when she's in the bedroom and the mirror cracks and breaks. And then she looks back and there's just a crack in it. 
for me, it's like it's the subtlety. As, I mean, this movie, yeah, you, you've got your 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 fair share. I mean, maybe not. It's not even gore. I don't. I think the goriest scene is when the pig's blood drops on her, and she's just standing there covered in blood, and maybe the crucifixion scene of her mother. But for me, a lot of this, it's a lot more psychological. And like I said, I think this is one of Brian De Palma's best movies. I, I really liked his interpretation of the story. It stayed true to the novel. I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff that can never be put in, especially with the Stephen King novel. And I just, I, I, I found William Cat to be just endearing because he never really, he, it was like she was a non-entity, and Sue was kind of the same way. When her friends were doing it, she would, but she just also treated Carrie as a non-entity. But it's just, it's, it's a great little revenge story. And I appreciate that. And I, I have to admit, I hate the fact that I get irritated with Carrie. But I just, I really enjoy the hell out of this movie. It's, it, it is definitely, you know, terror at the prom. I'm sure I'll come up with more shit to say later, yeah. but... <laughs> oh, man. Now, uh, I'll kick it to Vanessa to find out what she thinks about Cassie. I mean, Carrie. Uh, now, okay? Go ahead. <laughs> it's Carrie! <laughs> it's Carrie! I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoy this movie so much. Um, yeah, I, of course, had to get the... What is it? The Scream Factory Special Edition when it came out with whatever poster, you know, limited edition poster artwork and <laughs> I missed that. Oh, it's, yeah, it's like this is one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations. Definitely, I have. I can't say I've seen it as often as you have, but um, I identified so much with Carrie because I was a, a bit of a wallflower and a late bloomer and I was very painfully shy. You'd never know it now. <laughs> Can't shut me up, but, uh, but the, I didn't, you know, thankfully didn't have the religious household but I knew plenty of people who did have that as a parent. Not that necessarily extreme, of course, but, you know, a lot of things that were grounded in fact. And those are the kind of items that make a great horror movie. Those nuggets of everyday fact and situation and just taking it to an extreme level. Um yeah, and I, the, the casting is fantastic in this. And the camera work. I mean, there, there are just so many things. The music. Right. I, it's. Yeah, if I didn't mention Pino Donaggio, I think Jamie would kill me through the microphone, so. <laughs> right. I, I know. There's just so many different things. And it, every time I see it, you know, they. I think that there's some a little something different that I see, uh, you know, partly depend on my mood of that day. But yes, do I sympathize more? You know, do I feel more like Carrie and like how I was bullied in school by all the popular girls? You know, <laughs> again, not to the degree that Carrie was, but uh, 
Yeah. You, you said a, a lot of what I would, uh, would have said. That's fine. Yeah, me, myself, uh, Carrie, uh, is a great film. I, I can't discount many of the performances in this film. Uh, th there's always that girl, and we, we, we talked about high school politics and junior high politics a lot in that last review. And this, this is no different. There's always that weird girl that's always hanging around the school or goes to your school that you see her. You either know what her story is. Well, in this case, Carrie has a very overbearing mother who's highly religious and believes that everything's a sin. And, you know, that once once she started to bleed, you know, the boys will come. They'll, they'll smell it, Carrie. They'll smell it. I forget what the line was, but... She described that after the after she had her first period, that once the boys smell the so, blood, they're they're gonna come a running, Carrie. You know, they're gonna come sniffing around. Oh, yeah, it's so gross. It's gonna come sniffing like around. Sharks. <laughs> Animalistic terms. Man, but she's so insane by, and she lives and dies literally by the scripture. That that she she of course has the prayer closet, which uh, every time I see it, I think about the Chokey from Matilda. If you guys have ever seen the movie or read the book Matilda, <laughs> no, the, the Trunchbull. Well, the, the Trunchbull is like the school, like the school principal where Matilda goes, and in her office there's a, a, a slit in the wall with steam and rebar sticking out of it that she puts children in to punish them. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Roald Dahl hates children. Okay, Suzanne, probably even more than you do. Oh. But uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, that's what it yeah. reminds me of the whole time is, is that and the fact that she puts her in this room with the, uh, I guess, Jesus porn, I guess, to pray till she she feels less sinful is crazy. Of course, what you get at the end, which I think is one of my favorite shots in any horror film, where Carrie comes home from the prom, of course, after the inevitable oh, happens. God. And you yeah. see that, that, that tracking shot of her doing the cross thing with the knife and just that big grin on her face. That, to me, is one of the most terrifying scenes in any horror film. Because she is officially gone. She she doesn't give a fuck anymore. She's gonna... She's gonna go to, to her maker. She's gonna take Carrie with her. And that that's that's gonna be it. Because she feels at that point that's the only way she could save her daughter and herself. And uh, yeah. that's... that's uh, that's uh, Let's talk about one of the most horrifying aspects of that closet. The Jesus with the glowing eyes. Oh my god, yes! That thing, from the time I saw this movie for the first time, I had nightmares about glowing-eyed Jesus. I've seen that in real life, though. Ugh. Oh. I, I, I would not be able to spend a night in a house with that 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 crazy-looking thing in it. Yeah, according to the song, The Rock Be Sexy Jesus, that guy's got lights that'll make me turn gay, so that, that's, uh, that, that goes for that, you know? Either you've seen that Hamlet 2 film or you haven't seen the Hamlet 2 film. I'm sorry, guys, if you don't get that joke, but, uh... <laughs> no, sorry. That I, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. But, um, yeah, it, Carrie, um, Sissy Spacek plays that, that shy, you know, damaged girl pretty well to a T, although she's far from a teenager when she, uh, she made this film. Right. And, um... I think she she may have been close to thirty or like late twenties, wasn't she, or something? I, I can't remember. I think like twenty seven or twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. she was she was far from being a teenager, but she 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 captured that that role of this you know battered and you know what's the word I'm looking for here? 
Like for her body language alone. Yeah. She just completely embodies the the character and also because she carries herself as much younger. Yeah. Yeah, she does. She's got that very awkward thing going on. I don't know if really yes. how I was describe it. Well, Absolutely. She, well, she's tortured at home and at school. You can tell that she has no breaks anywhere. So she's just this timid little girl running around. That's, I, I hate to bring it, easy to attack. Because when, you know, of course, Chris Hargitson and people like that get, get, get wind of that, of course they're going to just tear into a girl like Carrie. And this is the way, yeah, it's like, just the way mean girls work, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Like I said, the, the mean girls in this movie are just as mean as they could probably get. They're some of the best movie mean girls ever. I, I agree. I was, I watched this two weeks ago and I was talking to my husband about it. I'm like, they are the worst. I cannot think of a movie with meaner mean girls than these. They're the worst, but they're the best because they're the best at being the worst. <laughs> yeah, they are. With the exception of maybe Jawbreaker. I think the Jawbreaker had some pretty good mean girls no, in that I, movie. I don't think they were nearly as bad. Mm. I rewatched Jawbreaker not that long ago. They weren't as good. Heathers, they were pretty damn good. Yeah. They were better. Mm. Jawbreakers, they weren't all as solid, though. Yeah. But Heathers, I would say, ranks up there with these from Carrie. Yeah, but they just ruled the school. They didn't really, you at least didn't see them step on anybody as badly as these girls stepped on Carrie. Well, even, you know, when they found out that their prom rights were going to be given up, that they kind of turned on Chris pretty fast as being the lead bad girl because they all wanted to go to prom. But at the same time, they they, they came through through for her in the end, which if I have one argument about this film, I, I don't get enough PJ Souls in this movie in that hat. Because I think oh she's... my god! Oh god! <laughs> she's totally adorable. Totally, yeah, I get that. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I hear that. I always, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I hear that. Yeah, she, I always she, snicker. Hmm. <laughs> Here we go again. I hear that she wore that hat to the audition, and like that's one of those things that got her at the part was the fact that she looked so good in that hat. You know. Oh, that's fantastic. Go for it, Suzanne. I am sorry. Oh no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to start walking no, all, right, all right. over you. But one of my favorite just off scenes of that movie is when she starts talking shit to John Travolta and he just like whacks her across the face. Yeah. And you're like cheering like, yeah, smack her again. You wanted that awkward sex scene where, you know, she, she, he can't get it up or something and, you know, whatever it is. It happens to everybody. Really, it does. You don't know performance anxiety, especially when you you get a bitch like her, you know. Which in the other iterations, I don't think she was very good. But P- Piper Laurie is great. But I think that in... A lot of folks hate this movie. And I, I'm one of the ones that, that dislike it quite a bit. But the Carrie remake that came out a couple years back... There's not the one re- that Lucky McGee did? No, the one the one that came to theaters. And Kimberly oh. Pierce directed it. I, I don't, that, I don't um, think it's that great. Chloe, of, like Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz. Chloe Grace Moretz, yes. I'm sorry, but I didn't even waste my time on that because there's no fucking way. I I think you should because let me tell you why. Because I don't think that it's all that great a movie, but Julianne Moore's performance as Mrs. White is pretty great. I agree with that. 100%. So if you're in it for anything, be be in it for that. Julianne Moore is the reason. 
person to see that movie. I love Julianne Moore. I just, I can't, I just can't do it. I can't wrap my head around the remake. And I started watching the one Lucky did. And it, it, there are a few things that he pulled from the book that were not done in the movie. And I'm like, oh, wait, what is this? Wow, that reminds me of a scene from Carrie. Then I saw Carrie. I'm like, okay, right. no, we're done. <laughs> well, you know my hatred of remakes. Yes. Be like I said, I think Julianne Moore's performance is, is worth your time. Just not, nothing else. I mean, everybody else pretty much sucks in that movie. But she she plays that, that Mrs. White role to a T. The part... There's a part in the movie... I just can't see her. There's there's a part in the movie where she's working at the dry cleaners, and some woman's talking to her, I forget what she's saying, but she's just digging into her leg with that seam ripper, you know? Like, yeah, like, and that was, in, that was in the book. Yeah, but this happens in that movie, too. She's just digging into her leg with that seam ripper, and you, you don't get that in this movie. Yeah. You get, you get the fact that she's a religious zealot, and she's, you know, outspoken, and she, she knows more than everything else, but... I think you get a lot more crazy and, and uh, not necessarily a better performance, but a lot more of the psychoticness of, of Mrs. White in that remake. And right. It, it works for that reason. But um, back to this one again, you know, it's, it's good. And no, it's, it's okay. We apologize. I know you don't like remakes. I'm just, I'm just telling you maybe you should watch it for that reason. You know, it's going to take a lot of alcohol. <laughs> No, uh, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> Nancy Allen is, is Chris um, is a bitch that I can I can get into no matter what nasty shit she did. She was just so pretty, so I didn't care too much about it. I, I still kind of wanted to hit that, even even though she was getting kind of mean all the time, and you know, blah. <laughs> um, oh, she's the girl that would have made my life living hell in school. Yes. Yeah. Oh, she was the girl that would have made everybody's life living hell in school. I went to school with a few of them. I could start rattling off their names, too. Yeah. Um, you guys mentioned um, William Cat as Tommy Ross. I didn't mention William. Oh, William. my goodness. Yeah, you know, there, 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 there's points in the film where, you know, because when uh, Sue Snell, played by Amy Irving, says that you're going to take Carrie to the prom, not as a joke, but as to say, you know, Go, go go show her a good time because I feel bad for what I've done. It's almost like a pity date in a way, but not really because there's a lot of heart behind it. But you know the the, the scene where they're they're dancing at the prom where she she doesn't want to get up and dance and he makes her dance. You can see that genuineness in his face. Yeah, that, yeah, he's there for her and not not as like a like a pity date, you know. And uh, that that's really nice. What what happens next is is you know. The money shot of this film, obviously, when, when they dump the pig blood on her and she starts closing doors and setting shit on fire, you know. <laughs> that is the best prom scene ever in it's any epic. movie. You know any they, movie. You know I'm pro, sorry. You know what their prom scene needed, Suzanne? Mazzy Star. You know. <laughs> oh God, no! We're not. No, no, no! Don't even mention that band name to me. Because after we get off this podcast, I'm going to listen to it, and I'm going to find something to cry about. <laughs> I had to bring it up again to the second review, how how, uh, how epic Mazzy Star is at a school dance. But, uh... <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I love, I love it. People, I think it was on one of those Bravo Top 100 Movie Moments things, where Stephen King is talking about, going to see this in the theater in, like, the ghetto when it came out, 
and there's two yeah. big Hulk and black guys sitting in front of him. <laughs> and the part at the end where we're, um, where, um, after the house collapses itself and it's, it's buried with, with Carrie and her mother inside, Sue Snell has a dream where she goes to, to go visit the house and, of course, it's Carrie White burns in hell, all that stuff, and the hand comes out of the ground and Stephen King said these black guys jumped ten feet in the air and <laughs> said, that white girl ain't never gonna be right ever again, you know? <laughs> I love that story. I, I had to bring it up on this this particular review because every time he says it, I can't stop laughing. Because no, it's, I've I've heard that before too. <laughs> um, did anybody think that this is going to sound really really bad? Since we talk about bullies, this whole movie that uh, Sue Stella's hair made look like a fucking like uh, a cocker like 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 a, like a sheepdog or something with those cocker those, spaniel. There you go, cocker spaniel <laughs> hang, hanging that was down. Seventies. I'm just saying. Oh, I, I know. Because she's very pretty, and you know, she has that hair that's like just fuzzy on the sides there, and like that's nah, kind of kind of strange, you know. Maybe you should borrow PJ Souls's hat, and I think you're a lot cuter that way. But um, and uh, again, back to bullying. I'm not trying to do this on purpose. But, uh, <laughs> stop shaming her. Stop, stop <laughs> shaming her, man. I, I still I feel like I have to apologize for the fact at first I just find, you know, when all of this is going on, I just I'm so annoyed by Carrie and I, I hate myself for feeling that. Well, she is annoying. Yes. At some points, because you want her so badly to stand up for herself. I think that's exactly what my problem is, is she just won't. And, and she was. Yeah. And that's where you where you see Sue. She has a certain amount of that in her where she just wants to shake her really hard, like to shake some sense into her. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you not doing anything? Again, not just it's partly yes because she's a follower, but there is a certain sense of that with her. Oh, definitely. Again, somewhere where the the remake improves on the original one, I think. And this is another point. I didn't think about this like just now. That you know Betty Buckley, who's the teacher, is played by Judy Greer in in the the recent iteration yes. of this, and much That's... better in, in that role. You know, I I I'd have to see it to believe it. She kind of she kind of tells Carrie to grow some balls in a way, but not not mean not in yeah. a mean way. But it, it, it's kind of like that's that's something that her character was missing that they made better in in the remake. You know, I love Judy Greer too. She's, she's a great actress. Yes, I do enjoy her work. Back to Jawbreaker again. Fran Mayo. Exactly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. I mean, the first time I saw this, I was I had been watching Eight is Enough. I mean, I was young when I saw Carrie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, it's it it's it's Mrs. What's her face? And I was kind of stunned seeing her in a movie like that after seeing her in Wholesome Eight is Enough. Yeah. Man, oh man. She's still acting today, by the way. She was, she's, she's uh, currently on Preacher. I don't watch that show, but... I don't either. Preacher and Supergirl, a show, another show I don't watch. I mentioned this earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Why I don't watch Supergirl. Yeah, Eight is Enough, she was Abby Bradford, Bradford. Yeah, I could not remember for the life of me what that last name was. <laughs> I didn't watch a lot of it. I, all I knew was Nicholas was was somebody who I called Pigface because he had that fucking nose. Yeah, uh, exactly. I never watched. <laughs> it, you know. 
And of course, that horrible, horrible Family Guy joke where they they did that eight is enough joke where Dick Van Patten is the father. Yes, Dick Van Patten was beating on one of his children in the Family Guy skit, and they go, "Dad, stop! Eight is enough!" And they all start laughing, (laughs) and she got teeth falling out of her mouth and stuff. You know, it's like (laughs) it's so bad. Goddamn domestic abuse. Yeah, yep. I, I, I do agree with you about Carrie being that awkward girl. Because, you know, they don't show too much in the movie. But, you know, she's that girl just hanging around in the locker room, talking about, listening in on the conversations about who they fucked that weekend, just staring at them. And you know they just catch her doing this, and it just annoys the fuck out of them every time. <laughs> so, so the fact that she's this weird little girl hanging around, I, I'd imagine that it just makes her easy prey for these bullies, even without her mother. Even without her mother going crazy, just just Carrie by herself as an individual, you know, as as individual as Carrie can be, you know, she's just this this annoying little girl that's hanging around, and you know, it's just just easy pickings for girls like Chris and and, and Norma and even yes, even Mrs. Poole. And when this movie looks like my mother in high when she was in high school, <laughs> which makes it really weird because I see Edie McClurg in this movie. She got those big glasses and that big hair. Yes. And, she, and all I can think of when I see her is cats lick the butter. Yes, cats cats <laughs> do lick the butter, yes. Life, Life with Louie, what one of the most uh, underrated children's shows of our time, I think. Uh, I used to watch that every Saturday morning, hungover as hell. Right, right up with Bobby's World, right up there with that one. And uh, I watched a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, yeah, Carrie, it's great. Uh, adaptation, like I said, there, there there hasn't been a really a really standout one because, like Suzanne said, she read the book a bunch of times, and Carrie's a a fat, bitter old hag in those books, and you could tell why she's bitter because she's. I think she they mention her acne in the book, don't they? Like she has like terrible yes, acne, right. she's, she's chubby, and you know all this stuff, and they never quite captured that on film, I guess, because especially in that that new remake, they're going for the pretty look of these girls, you know? That was my biggest problem about the remake was as much as I like Chloe Grace Moretz, mm-hmm. she was incredibly miscast in that role. She was way too pretty. Way I, that too was one of the reasons I couldn't, I, I really wouldn't even was, take know, a minute to watch it. I love the fact that she told Taylor Swift to go fuck herself in real life. That makes me happy, you know, but yeah. Oh yeah. Too, no, too absolutely. Pretty, you know, <laughs> But for that movie, for I mean, for that role, yeah, way too pretty. And Sissy Spacek, yes, compared to Carrie in the book, too pretty. But, again, I think she partly, quote-unquote, uglies herself with her body language. Mm-hmm. She's that strong of oh, an she, actor. She is swarmy in this movie like a motherfucker. She's just, you her, know. Yeah. You know, that's, they, they made it work. It's believable. I, yeah. I have to talk about the elephant in the room, and this is going to be a hard question for some, but have you guys seen The Rage Carry 2? Unfortunately, yes, I yeah. have. Yes. I see this in theaters with Wing Commander as a double feature. Okay? <laughs> it wasn't a very good Saturday. Even today, it's, it's like one of those movies like American Werewolf in Paris, where you, oh. you, you watch it again like... 15 years later and you say this can't be as bad as I remember and yes it is as bad as you remember if you <laughs> if you've never seen it before it means well it, it means the story itself is there 
you know, to where... I just still can't buy Jeremy London is, like, the sympathetic guy. I mean, if you watch it, though, they, 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 they reverse a lot of things to where this is this is Carrie's daughter, you find out. And her father, I think, was non-existent. They, they, he, he left as much like... It's it's like a, like a rehash of this story. Everything happened the same exact way. And I forget if her mother was in the... I forget. It. I, it's been so long since I've seen. It. All I remember about it is, is that they had Jeremy London in there as like the Tommy Ross type character. And what kind of paycheck did Amy Irving get for that movie? I, probably little, but she played you know the the guidance counselor like guidance yes. counselor. You know, I I did not. I didn't even remember she was in it. This is how well, she, unmemorable well, this she movie was, is. She was a big part about it. I think she 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 recognized she, what what. I forget the girl's, that's how bad it is, I forget what the girl's name was. Whoever Carrie's daughter's name was, that she had the same tendencies and the same powers as Carrie did, and I think she wanted to try to put control or stop to it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, something like that. The biggest thing I took away from it that I remember all the way is that they had the oldest Taylor son from Home Improvement as, like, the douchey jock guy. (laughs) That's right. <laughs> I almost want to rewatch this just so I can hate on it a little bit. Oh, oh no, you have to. But again, not sober. <laughs> not yeah. sober. They, 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 this was like, I think late. I need to dumb myself down. Late 90s to where the end of, oh, the end of yeah. course, she goes to the dance, yada, 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 history repeats. But she has, she uses a lot more of the, the stuff that's in the book as far as the more lifting stuff off the ground, but there's that bad CG thing where she, her all her veins turn black. Yep. I, <laughs> oh god, that was yep. so a yep. horrible wanna be rendition from Evil Dead. Oh That's god. the first thing that popped into my head when I saw the veins pop. I'm like, well, that was Evil Dead, and they did it better mm. with less money. Yeah. So I, I'd have to watch it again, much like American World from Paris, which is still got it's still awful. It's still oh, that movie. I, me and my friends went to the theater to see it, and we're all just sitting there going, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And I was like, trying. I'm like, "Guys, come on, let's just go." Bunch of, C- let's just bunch go. of CG. Let's just go to the bar. And Tom Everett Scott, you could take him or leave him. I like him in things. I the I've only seen him in one movie. I like him in. Is it that thing you do? Tell me, it's that thing you do? Yes, it is. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Uh, who else? Ju- Julie Delphi, who I who I dislike and everything. Uh, yeah. When I was younger, I had a lot of people compare the way I looked to Julie Delphi. I'm like, please no. She's a she's our new our new Thor Birch. See, maybe I don't know. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh my god! If I want to run about her father, I feel kind of bad for Thor Birch a little bit, but she's not she's not quite the Stan Lee status. So it's it's a. Uh... <laughs> By hatred for Thor Birch. It's just, uh, she's a bad actress and I can't fault her for that all the way. Except the fact that I've seen a good six of, six or eight of her movies that she's been in. And it's a bad experience almost every time. <laughs> you could be worse. You could be Mila Kunis trying to act up and stuff now. So, I think Mila Kunis is the new Thor Birch. In my opinion. She just ruins things. Ugh. Carrie, though. Uh, Vanessa, anything else you'd like to say about the film, and what is your rating 1 to 10? 1 to 10? No question it's a 10. Uh, It's This would be a film that I put in there in the category of master filmmaking. It's 
I mean, again, I, I go down, you can go down the list of all the technical points of, you know, the actual making of the movie, but then you go into the adaptation of Stephen King and these compelling characters and the, yeah, the best mean girls ever, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, and every single time I watch it, there's just something else that, uh, that kind of strikes me about it. I never, I never tire of it. Yes. And now that I'm thinking about it, I like it more than I thought I did. <laughs> yeah, but how do you feel now about the Rage Carry too? You know, I'm playing. Oh, <laughs> I give it. I give it. A, I get a seven and a half. Yeah. Now you make me want to rewatch that movie just to remember how bad it is, because I remember it being bad. I kind of want to as well. It might be a thing tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Oh, I oh, want to see how bad it is now. Um, Suzanne. Okay, I'm I'm completely with Vanessa. This is one of, like I said, one of the few Stephen King movies, one of the the adaptations that actually stands up. I watch this frequently. I I know I've been handing out some tens lately. I don't think I've handed out that many, but this is always kind of my go-to movie. I can't find anything to watch. I can just watch Carrie. It's it's up there. It's a ten. It's it's almost perfect. Cool. Yeah, if I, I, I hate to say, if I give Angus a 10, you know, but I did give Angus a 10. But uh, this, this, I, I like this movie as a 10 for a lot of other different reasons. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty flawless. Let's put, let's put it that way. <clears throat> and uh, there's no reason not to like this movie, unless you don't like 70s pelts, which you get that a plenty in the first five minutes of the film. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you name one person on this earth, male. Who does not like seventies pelt? I mean, them them fur burgers are just sticking out of that screen like nobody's <laughs> business. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I said fur burgers amongst two ladies. That's kind of funny, but you guys are bashful, so I don't care. So, not like I don't say. I it. think I'm the first person that said Bush. Well, Jamie's the, Jamie's, said... Jamie's the first one to talk about Blumpkins on this show, so I don't feel bad at all. So, I said Wookie Bush. Wookie Bush. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Oh my lord! But we'll uh, that's it for this one. Um, we'll come right back out to close out the show. Are you sick of the same old stale podcasts? Well, then join Vanessa and Darren as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room, where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on Apple Podcasts and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VD Clinic Pod. Join them on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash VD Clinic Pod. Or email them at VDClinicPod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. <laughs> and still, they just might be a little contagious. Are you terrified by real life? 
us too. You like horror movies? Us too. Then join Maddie and Andrew, your co-hosts for a new podcast that explores horror in real life and horror in the movies, and all with a fresh and fabulous gay perspective. We are a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Facebook, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. We're Friday the 13th. Uh, Vanessa's still with us, and uh, we're going to talk about some death in a segment that we call The Butcher Block. Uh, there's, there was a couple that happened this week, but I'm only going to talk about one for the sake of time. And uh, it's, it's a pretty timely one, because uh, she's about the one of the most biggest versatile genre actors that has ever hit the silver screen, in my opinion. I saw her first as a little boy, and uh, flying with good old soups as, as uh, spunky, a smart reporter, uh, Lois Lane. Who's always been a character that you know? The, I, I talk about how females get dumbed down in 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 multimedia stuff, and she was always one of those characters that that wasn't ever turned that way. As far as unless you you count her not recognizing Clark Kent with just a pair of glasses on that he's Superman. That's, but that's not, I think she needed glasses. That, that's not always a character flaw with 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 our this 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 actress who's is, who's Marco Kidder who we lost today and uh. She, she, you know, but that was always a flaw with that character. Where like, I, she couldn't tell that that was Clark, that that was Superman the whole time. I mean, she works very closely with him. But um, I know. I've met, I've had the pleasure of meeting two Lois Lanes in my time. You know, th- this one and uh, Noel Neal, who was uh, on the original 1950s Superman TV show as Lois Lane, and uh, she, she, she has such spirit as a human being too. I've, I've met her a couple times over the years, but this. Uh, she she was in not just Superman, I think one one through four. She was in all four of those fucking movies. God bless her. You know, Mark <laughs> Mark, Mark McClure who plays Jimmy Olsen stuck it up for that Supergirl movie too. So I guess he went the the extra mile there. But <laughs> um, she also starred in uh, a film that I don't like, but I like her performance in a Black Black Christmas. Um, of, Damn, of, Gary! Of, of course, uh, What's wrong with you, Gary. I, I, I don't <laughs> like it. I have my reasons. Okay. I, yeah. I think we've talked about your reasons about what a hundred, hundred and fifty times. I now. have to defend myself, like Jamie in the Nightmare remake. Okay, every time we talk about <laughs> it. Okay. It's okay. We all have our things. Uh, oh, sorry, Gary. I just had to give you a little bit of shit there. A good movie. Yeah. Uh, the the Amityville Horror she was in. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what, what else? She she's she she was in a ton of stuff, but um, that was the biggest standout role for me was uh, Lois Lane because Superman has always been a character that has been with me since I was a kid, and who was always on the on the right side of Superman is Lois Lane. That's his 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 lady. Uh, not, not always damsel in distress, although he has saved her a couple times, but she wasn't always she wasn't always that character that needed saving. Unless she was, like, in desperation. You know, she was like, no, help me, help me. Not nothing like that. Because as a character, she, she brought she brought a certain amount of balls to that character on screen. And uh, I, I appreciate that and, you know, and everything that she's done. And she was, uh, much like Carrie Fisher, she was an advocate for mental health. You know, which is probably why she hasn't acted in a ton of stuff, you know. And um, she probably had fought, fought problems with that. And uh, that's always... Uh, I always say there's not there's there's always you know the worst thing is misdiagnosed crazy and you know if you you can't yep. recognize you have a problem and 
I take it that she did because she tried to do something about that. And there's so many folks in denial nowadays, but I'm going to kick it to Vanessa and ask her what she thought of this, uh, this very versatile actress. Um, unlike you, I love Black Christmas. <laughs> A lot of people that, do. That is I, actually I am one of the biggest advocates for that movie. That's actually perhaps my favorite role of hers, but I didn't come to that until, you know, a little bit later in life. I knew her, yes, initially as Lois Lane as well. It's the goriest lifetime film I've ever seen, let's put it that way. Yes, it's so (laughs) delightful, you know, Canuxploitation. I love it. Um, (laughs) But she, yes, she was an incredibly versatile actress, but... For me, as someone who is bipolar, the fact that to see someone in public go through those kind of issues and to publicly speak out about her own struggles and to get help and everything. I mean, yeah, I know it took her a while and I, you know, it's, it's encouraging to see that and more people need to talk about those kinds of things. And for me personally, that you know, that that was the first thing I thought of was, you know, I didn't even before anybody said anything else about her death. I was like, did she kill herself? I said, I mean, that's a horrible it's thing a, to it's say. It's a viable question, though, at the end with that. But yes. considering her history and unfortunately, I have been at that point in my life when I was unmedicated. Um, it. You know, it's yeah. I mean, it's 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 a big loss to the mental health community uh, to you know have someone that public, you know, sp- that speaks that openly about it and have them uh, have that loss. But again, yes, the, her roles. I mean, she's done so many over the years, even if it's just Law and Order SVU. <laughs> I never seen that one before, but as far as her her being on there, but uh. Yeah. yeah, she did an episode. Okay, great. <laughs> Suzanne. Uh, I can't believe we haven't mentioned the Amityville Horror Sisters. Oh, Sisters, oh, yes. I've, 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 never, I've sisters. never seen that film before, but we are talking about the poem on this episode, though, so... Yeah, I figured it was appropriate. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she was she was my first Lois Lane. Well, she was honestly... She was my only Lois Lane. I I thought she brought intelligence and wit to a role that could have gone to any bubblehead. And it's just, it's really sad. I really, really liked her a lot. She just seemed like, she, she always just came across as a very, you know, down-to-earth person. And she did do a lot for mental health. It's, it's just, I can't even imagine what kind of torment she went through. And I just, I just, I'm very, very sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned before, but I think that she, she's, she's part of some pretty iconic scenes and her death in, in, uh, in Black Christmas is one of the, the shining points of the film. <laughs> yeah. Glass unicorn, glass man. Glass unicorn dog. Yeah. It's amazing. I've said said to a couple actresses before and they never were offended by it, that, your death in the film was one of the greatest things in there. I, I told Amber Benson, who was Tara on Buffy, that when you died on the show, it was one of the coolest things that ever happened. You know, and she got it right away, because then if you watch the show, you know what happens. 
Willow gets embossed with the with the dark magic, and she just goes ape shit, you know, and it's it's amazing, yeah. you know. Yeah, I found a glass unicorn at like this flea market I went to that I bought. Had to have it mm-hmm. just because it was so similar <laughs> to the one in Black Christmas. And of course, we moved two weeks later, and guess what was the first thing I broke oh, while yeah. I was packing it up? Broke my fucking glass unicorn. Son of a bitch. Stop lying. You didn't break it. You killed someone with it. (laughs) (laughs) I heard about the body. Fucking neighbors. That's why um, I'm friends with cops and a mortician. (laughs) These things can go away. Uh, (laughs) I'm always in the market for that replica glass unicorn. He owns a crematorium. Crematorium. Yes, That's does. great. You know. <laughs> oh man. Actually, my friend does the uh, mortician and owns his own funeral home. Nice. <laughs> Two burbs over. Two burbs over for sure. You know, get rid of a body, you know where to go. <laughs> yep. And I know no cops to cover it up. Nice. But that's about it for this one. I'm gonna kick it to Vanessa. Let her pimp her stuff right now. Um, you can find me regularly on the VD clinic, um, on Legion podcast. Uh, we have a Twitter and now an Instagram page, which are both at VD clinic pod. We're have a Facebook group, which is, and I say, when you look things up, please put in VD clinic podcast. Yes. <laughs> Very important. Clinic. You might find some incredibly potentially informative things but you can also find some potentially disturbing things unless you unless you feel a burning sensation down below and then look for the vd clinic on google to find your local vd clinic yes right (laughs) but um we cover we we cover we're a monthly podcast and actually we're potentially going to start releasing um every other week we'll see what happens um we are just getting ready to celebrate our one-year anniversary and we do a book and a movie every uh episode so there you go you'd require me to read so you got you got to pick something really juicy for me vanessa to read you know well we have guests on who don't necessarily read they just do the movie portion oh i'd go all in i'd want to read the book too just you know just I don't, I don't care. Here's five be something good to read. Just to fit in. You could do what Bo did and just, you know, a graphic novel. <laughs> well, because Bo's a lazy whore, and he knows this, you know. Yeah, well, and that episode is almost three hours long. <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't say he wasn't a talkative whore, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you were on another podcast, aren't you? Oh, yes, and I keep forgetting, because I'm still so new to Devour the Podcast, it's been around now for six years, but um, when David Anders Jr. left, I uh, took over his place, and he actually was my original partner on VD Clinic. Yes. So. <laughs> Which is good because yes. you find another guy with the letter D to start with. I think that's that's Darren's qualifications. Well, that was actually the luck of it all. But, the, you know, the joke is, no, that's the only reason I hired you. <laughs> and Darren, Darren's, a, Darren's a nice guy, and I love the guy and all, but, you know... You could tell he's a very kept man. He's, he's like a house husband. So, you know, I I think you got that going for you. You, you. you control him, you know, with your pull the puppet little strings, you know, like women like to do sometimes, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, so. it's, it's hard It's hard to keep track of a small child. And he's, uh, 
You got a wild child. He's a good boy, though. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Suzanne. All right. NFW is creeping up on its 250th episode. And we are doing the Demon series and apparently a bunch of movies I did not even know were part of the Demon series. And I thought I knew my demons. And <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. There is a Twitter, NFW underscore podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Fly01, the book of face, and follow the bloody ballerina. Yes. I'll speak for Dan Chase or speak like Dan Chase, hopefully. And uh, I'll say, yo, 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 you, you can find me on Cut to the Chase on the Horophilia Network, sometimes with Jerry Herring and sometimes when I can put them out. Ugh. Also, you can find me on the Married with Children podcast with Jamie and Alex. And those are both the Horophilia. I'm done doing Dan Chase now. That's just, uh, he, he's one of a kind. <laughs> I guess, and please check out Horophilia. We have some great podcasts. Yes. Horophilia and Legion, respectively. But uh, me, myself, you can find me on this show and the two Dream commentaries, both on legionpodcast.com. I got some big plans in the works for some, some side projects. And I've mentioned Sloppy Seconds. We haven't gotten around to that yet, but there's 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 solid plans for all these things. And they're all getting into, into motion. I spoke to a mutual friend of ours today, and I kind of jerk that chain like uh like Roddy Piper pulling on pull on uh, on Greg the Hammer Valentine's neck in that dog collar match and just to say hey <laughs> oh hey motherfucker you know it's time I think you're that bored it's time it's time it's time it's time you probably know who I'm talking about if not listen to, listen soon listen <laughs> close I make no guarantees but I did put that T-bone steak in front of his snout today so we'll see how that works out you know, um, yeah, Twitter at GW, Twitter at SinBeefCast, uh, follow Legion also on Twitter and Instagram and wherever the fuck Ricky put our posts up at, FarmersOnly.com maybe, I don't know where else, but Ricky is a, a social media mogul. He has been a fiend. He has been, he has been a fiend. He has been a busy man, Ricky, you know. Uh, plenty of fish, you know, find us all on there. Just, just looking for dick or veg, respectively, you know. I'm not looking for any... Follow the bloody ballerina on Plenty of Fish. That'd be kind of a bad thing on Plenty of Fish, if you had a bloody ballerina, because they're going to think something else, and, you know... Yeah. yeah. And, and, and probably point. tell you to plug it up, you know. That might go back to the sea <laughs> clinic, though. Yes. It's like... So you have a burning sensation? No, my dick shoots fire, you know. <laughs> Remember that Eddie Murphy joke? <laughs> no, fire, fire shoots out of my dick, you know. Oh, God. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, follow us all those places. Well, maybe not plenty of fish, but there might be a couple of us on there. <laughs> l- l- looking for love in all the random places and orifices and, you know. Everybody says it has their own kink, as they say. Speaking of which, listen to Legion After Dark, Misty's show on Legion, <laughs> where she talks about all kinds of kinky ass shit. Yes. <laughs> oh, not my thing, but thank God somebody's out there talking about it. But you know, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but um, next time you will hear this show. You will hear this show. You will hear Johnny Krug and Ricky Morgan, who I mentioned is a. Uh, 
the Legion, the Legion horror of Legionnaires uh, from the Short Bus Cinema are going to be guesting on this show. We do two films that have Transylvania in the title. Called, called, we're going to do the show called Transylvania Yucks, where we're going to do Transylvania 65,000, starring the the great uh, Jeff Goldblum and Ed Begley Jr. and a very sexy and sultry Gina Davis. And, of course, uh, Transylvania Twist, the Jim Wynorski movie, which means you're going to see some, some boobs and Robert Vaughn and all kinds of randomness, I'm sure, on that, that episode. And uh, be glad to have them on. And after that, uh, I think we're having the boys from Friday the 13th on. So it's going to be a pretty full month as far as guest stars go. Yeah, I'm going to be recording with them next week on Psycho Semanicast. So I'm excited about that. Nice. But uh, this has been your Sin Beef Podcast. I hope it's been informative, you know, and uh, where if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. See you guys next time. This is the part of the show where I, uh, <laughs> I get to have fun with the listeners if I haven't done that enough on this very long episode. It's a very long process for this episode. But <laughs> this is a song that's sung by those crazy Riverdale kids that I love so much. About how Chris Harkinson maybe wasn't such a bad person. Maybe she was just misunderstood. All right, boppers, enjoy this shit. Whatever since the world began Same plot, everyone's been dumping on their fellow man Pounding people they feel better than I hope you're taking notes cause you feel everyone deserves a shot Get real, some of us have got it girl and some got squat That's the truth though honey like it or not I hate to break it to you My daddy taught me you get nowhere being nice so now I'm sharing his advice. The world according to Chris is better to strike than get struck. Better to screw than get screwed. You'd probably think it's bizarre. And that's the way things are. But that doesn't mean it has to be that way. What does it cost to be kind? Ew. What have you done with my best friend? My daddy taught me who's on top. Even if some